minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. That is the way we always start. It is called Modani from Regesh. And we have a, uh, a show that's out of the ordinary and different, but a lot of people are already uh, used, to, um, used to our uh, little escapade that we that we present each and every summer, at least for the last couple of years, and that's a radio show directly from the plane. We are actually on a plane, an LL jet that is heading from, uh, from Kennedy Airport to Ben Gurion Airport with a total of over 230 Olim, 127 children on the flight. With me, of course, Miriam Wallach, who is in complete disbelief that we're doing a show from a plane. From a dreamliner. <laughs> a dreamliner. Let's give El Al all the credit they deserve, of course. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. El Al does deserve some credit for, for this sure. one, for this trip, because among their flight attendants this trip, they've got a bunch of Olotes. Correct. Right? Women who have actually made Aliyah with Nevesh Nevesh before. So for that, our friends at El Al should be recognized. If I come up with anything else that they should be recognized for, believe you me, I'll be the first okay. to trumpet it. You're the only one <laughs> complaining about business class. <laughs> well, In your defense, no, you don't fit in the pod, but whatever. <laughs> Look, the bottom line is that... Uh, uh, that I, no complaints because no, when, sure. whenever I would go down this road, whenever I would go down this road of, of you know getting off a flight, going home when I was a kid, when I'm meaning when I was in tw- my twenties and thirties, and I'd come home and my parents would say, you know, uh, how did it go? How's the flight? And I would say, well, there was the mm-hmm. legroom was awful, the meal was terrible, <laughs> and my father would then use the opportunity to remind me that, 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 that they would fly <laughs> in the 1930s to Palestine in single-engine planes with no food other than what they brought and pray over the Atlantic that, in fact, the plane made it over the Atlantic. Right. So this is a bit different, and this is very, very exciting. I've been trumpeting over the last couple of weeks. I've been reminding this audience that they're going to be inspired by this show. They're going to be really, really into the content that we provide during this show. And the reason I'm so confident is because the bulk of the show is going to be conversations with Olim, people from North America who decided, you know what? We're picking up. We're moving to Israel. And we're doing it this summer on this charter flight because, you know, Nefesh does flights all year round. The two charters are in July and August. So this is a, uh, this is a great experience. Welcome back to the plane mm-hmm. show. <laughs> P-L-A-N-E. Which was an experiment last year. Yeah, it really was an experiment when we did it for a few minutes up to 90 minutes a few years ago. Right, which we thought was groundbreaking. Right, and then last year we did not realize how great a right. show this was to actually air it in our live slot mm-hmm. during a Wednesday JM in the AM, which is what's happening uh, to this program. And uh, all the different things that people enjoy. Uh, the Tekes, the ceremony at JFK, the ceremony at Ben Gurion Airport. We've had the experience of broadcasting from both of those. But for some reason, 
we've foregone, I mean, for a good reason, we've foregone all of that in order to be able to set up a studio and actually broadcast on the plane. So this is really cool and nice, and as you said, the Dreamliner gives us a much different perspective of a studio than we used to have on the other plane. For sure. That's for sure. Right, so it's a credit to Nefesh, by the way, and our, um, our trust in each other and our partnership with them that when we pitched this idea last year to Yael Katzman and her team, and we said, listen, just, just let's give it a shot. Three hours on the plane. Right. And she was like, all right, that, that, actually, sounds, that actually sounds great. And right. it was a huge success last year. And um, so we're, we're back doing it again this year. And every, every Nefesh show on the ground or wherever it is has its own personality. Correct. And there's no doubt that this flight and the narratives of the Olim who will be joining you on the air also lend a certain unbelievable personality to this program and to this Nefesh flight as well. It's just exciting. It doesn't get old. Now I ask you. Yes. Who invariably is the most exciting person on our Nefesh Benefesh flights? Every year it's the same answer. Every year. Who would it, from year one, by the oh, way. Oh, forget it. From the first time I He's approached him. From the first time I approached <laughs> him and asked him, could I have your contact information? And of course he said no, but then eventually, <laughs> but then eventually we got it. And that's, of course, the, the wonderful Shachar, who right. I guess, does he have a title here? Is he like the official he's, photographer? He's like, like Madonna and Cher. He's just Shachar. <laughs> one name, Shachar. So not even a description. No. All we could say to our audience is that when it comes to the photographic uh, um, history of Nefesh Ben Nefesh, the majority of what they're seeing would be his photographs. He's the shibolet. Right. He is the, he's he's it, the huh? password. You want to be in with the cool kids? You got to be friends with Shaka. So here we are. Now, ironically, ironically, how did I how did I make, what was the first flight we did? 2012? I, I think it was 2012. I think so. so in 2012, we're sitting upstairs in the old days, upstairs in business class. And, I, and I'm noticing how all the members of the press are gravitating to this man. And what is the conversation, ironically, and you'll see why I say ironically in a minute. What's the conversation about? Maybe you remember this, Shachar. Was it the Clintons? It was about American football. Ugh. How he tries to go to at least a few NFL games and he's been to the Super Bowl. This guy's telling stories that I promise you never, never happened. happened. <laughs> never, ever happened. And he's doing all this. And I say to you, I go, this is the guy who I have to go up to after <laughs> this flight and make sure I stay tuned with this guy for the next few, for the next few months and years. Okay. So today, I, uh, the whole day I'm saying to myself, you know, I'm going to see Shachar. I always have some, something that's happened in the last few months to discuss with him. And I came up with something on the way here in the cab. I said, I know what I'm going to ask him. I know what conversation I'm going to start with him. And ironically, it has to do with football again. What do I mean? Okay. I said to Shachar, so tell me, were you in Moscow? Were, oh. you, were you there for the World Cup? Sh oh. Shalom, Shachar. Shalom, shalom. Nice to have you back. Oh, thank the you. Only, yeah. The only guest I applaud. The only guest <laughs> I personally applaud. You, he also applauded Al Al, so don't be totally. Actually, we can't complain. The I, I said amazing. he's the only one who can complain, but whatever. Oh, we definitely cannot complain. I do remember many years ago with the long hair, but that's a whole different <laughs> conversation. Yeah. But, uh, so uh, what happened in Moscow? So no, no, no. So wait, let me let me set this up. Okay, sorry. So so Shachar says to me, he sort of answers like this. You know, so, this is what I got from the answer. He sort of says, I was thinking of going and being in Moscow for the World Cup final, and at the last minute, things didn't work out, etc. But Nahum, listen to what I did. Shachar, go ahead. So what happened before the World Cup? We all, you know, now it's legal to bet uh, sports gambling Correct. in, 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 in uh, New Jersey. Jersey. 
So uh, all of friends, each one put a hundred dollar in different, you know, different uh, country to win. All my friends, you know, like putting like a Germany, France, Brazil, Argentina, and the odds are like one to three, one to four, which is nice. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna put it on Croatia. Uh, he I puts a hundred dollars on Croatia to win the World Cup. If they the, would have won that game that he was supposed to be at, the odds are it would have been it was 150 to one. Oh it would have been fifteen thousand dollars. So, so in the first half, Shakhar knows his money's down the drain. <laughs> he knows it's over. Right? They were Is down. It, well, they, oh, no, that's no, not true. That's not true. The first half they were tied. Yeah, they were tied. And I think at halftime it was two to one. Two I think to it was, one. Yeah. We, I, I couldn't complain. It was great, but. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, it was a really great run. Like, all my friends, like, <laughs> oh all my, my Jewish friends forgot, like, and to forgive. Forgot anything Croatian. <laughs> <the Jewish. laughs> like, you know, we had 15,000 reasons, you know, 15, to love Croatia, you know. But uh, the funny thing, you know, the president Rivlin right. actually is in Croatia as we speak. Lama. Uh, it's just going to official visit, or to either, either to collect my money or to uh, <laughs> sorry, to visit, yeah, no. you have to go to Jersey yeah. to complain about your money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everything well, happens Cro in Jersey. Croatia exactly. won't help. By the way, nothing happened in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. A whole different uh, conversation. Uh, <laughs> But so uh, there you have it. That's that's Shahar, and that's today's story. That's so again, hysterical. it was football years ago, and now it's football again today. And I'll give you one more thing for yeah. the next Nefesh Benefesh fly. August. August, which is uh, with uh, beautiful, almost 100 lone soldiers. Right. Wow. Our dear friends, Mindy Levine from the New York Yankees. She's going to host wife. the right. soldiers. She'll be on the plane? And don't tell anyone. It's just between us. <laughs> sure. Don't uh -oh. worry. Uh -oh. Don't tell Tani. She's <laughs> our guest, and she will be on the flight. <gasps> She's flying with them to Israel. Oh, my God. And, you know, I asked Tani. And you know what? One more thing. Yeah. She asked us to describe as volunteer. She's volunteering. She's volunteering. You know, on Friday, I said to Tani, when, when this started to leak out, I said, what's the, and then they started to hesitate. What's going to happen with people in August? They thought there might be a war last Friday. You know the whole thing. Yeah. So I said, Randy Levine's wife, what's the story? I said, she loves Israel? He goes, no. She loves uh, Aliyah? No. What was what? She loves the soldiers. She loves amazing. the soldiers of the state of Israel. Simple as that. It's, it's, it's really, it's amazing. You know, last time what we did, they, uh, they host like 60 of them. Right. The game at the suite. Remember, I wanted uh, to be there. Beautiful yeah. gift bag with uh, uh, $300 worth of Oakley glasses. It's like wow. really an amazing, amazing event. Uh, kosher food. They managed to have only right. kosher food. It was really wonderful event. And uh, this time she said that she really, really want to uh, uh, go with the soldiers. And actually, the previous, uh, the, the, the former, like, uh, lone soldiers in Israel, she's going to have an event for them. Uh, in a hotel, so it's really it's all about giving and 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 the last thing I'll tell you, she created hats with like a cop, like a, I remember you know, that with I remember Israeli the flags, Israeli flags on it. So it's you know really we're God both we're both Yankee fans. I hope so. If you want to be on the, yeah, that's <laughs> well, I'm about to ask Tani why I haven't gotten my confirmation for the August flight yet. Okay, that's. Um, I'm not sitting next to Nachum. I don't. Flight. I don't know if Mrs. Levine is going to talk baseball with you. So I I'll tell you. Right. We're just both volunteers. Well, exactly. Exactly. But you know what? I love it. I really love it. It's amazing. That. And she's really proud because she knows exactly where the money goes. She knows exactly. 
this is the real thing. So right. I'm very proud of her. Baruch you know, Hashem. Amazing. So, All right. Early favorite for the World Cup four years from now? United States? Uh, oh, no. It's, not it's, the, it's, it? in, it's in Qatar. I don't know what's going to so happen. So you, you won't go to Qatar? I can go. I don't know if I can come back. Right. But in, eight, <laughs> but in eight years, you'll come to North America. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's in um, the finals going to be in Jersey. That'll be in Giants. In MetLife Stadium. Yeah. In MetLife Stadium. Will be the World, and, uh, will be the world Cup final uh, eight years from now. In four years, four it's years in it's Qatar. Qatar. Yeah. Where, where Shocker is going to go, never come back, and we're going to have to go visit him in four and a half years. <laughs> exactly. So. Yes, we'll smuggle you in some food. Please do. <laughs> Thank you Shachar, so much. Shocker, to you. And, we, you. and what we really appreciate is all the beautiful photographs of our oh setup, God. our makeshift studio. You always you always get everything uh, photographed. Right. You know, we, we don't look that. that good in real it's life, but somehow or another, Shocker exactly takes what it. Said. Like, it's, it's so easy when you shoot good-looking right. people, so that's an easy one for me. So thank you so no, much. No one of my staff back home is going to believe that nope. one. <laughs> thank God it's a radio show. Right. Exactly. Tadaraba. What a way to start, huh? What He's a way to best. start. We start with Shahar and the... Uh, Who's going to follow Shahar? And again, isn't it funny? This is sort of like, you know, for us, uh, among the very first person, or the first person that right. we met back then on the first flight, and sure enough, he's here to uh, to share with us a story like that. You know that I saw Shahar in uh, JFK, and I was like, all right, now we can go. <laughs> you weren't there yet, but I was happy to see Shahar. I'm not a kid <laughs> to flight. He is. Um, and I knew you'd love that story. That was good. Because, because what's better than Shahar losing 15 grand? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yoni. So, right. That, I, I hope yeah, Yoni's yeah. listening. I hope Yoni's listening. Of course he's listening. He better be listening. Pollock. Right. JM in the AM. It's a very, very early Wednesday morning. We are on the Nefesh for Nefesh flight. Uh, the statistics of this flight, which I have right here. Oh, good. Because I was wondering where the packet was. I was concerned for a second. Pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable. How many dogs? First of all, before we get to the canines, no, no, canines come first. Two hundred and thirty-two Olim. Beautiful. Thirty-four families, and I think that was quite evident uh, from all the baby carriages that yes. were. I think with all the with the number of carriages Car that we always seats. see, I think it was more than usual. One hundred and twenty-seven children, which is of course a record. Anybody seventeen and under. Eighteen singles on the flight. Three sets of twins. How do you like that? Mm -hmm. Six IDF soldiers. Um, Shachar mentioned there'll be 100 on the August flight. That's usually the complexion of the August flight. A right. lot of lone soldiers that are heading to Israel. But did you notice, by the way, at the Tekas, at the ceremony in JFK, when we were singing the Hatikva, and every every Tekas, every ceremony, the future Chayalim uh, and Chayalot, IDF soldiers who are enlisting right. when we arrive in Israel, are always asked to come to the front and sing the Hatikva. Right. Did you notice something about the makeup of these? Um, all women. That they are all, all women. women. So the six Chayalot. The six IDF soldiers, they're, they're on this flight, are women. You think, you think the men have chickened out? Is that what you're trying to say? I think the men might be on the other <laughs> flight. But I think it's in, I think it's incredible, and I also think it's very telling. Yeah, the men have not chickened out. A lot of them are actually in the Army already. Uh, and as you just said, half of them, uh, half of the group in August are going to be right. are going to be men. Uh, medical professionals are on board. Um, Good that there are three psychologists. Between the two of us, we should be covered. <laughs> there, there are 88 go beyond Olim, which means they're going to areas of the country that years ago nobody would have thought right. an Olim would go to. And Which is crazy. The, the age of the youngest Olim is six months, not unusual at all. The age of the oldest, which again is not unusual anymore, it used to be unusual, is now 80 years old on this specific flight. And we arrive in Ben-Gurion at 7 a.m. Israel time. And you asked about the... Uh, canines. About the canines. We do not have any 
a statistic. Tani. We got to find out from um, Tani. Where is Tani? How many Tani dogs? Cra Wait, hang on a second. Before you do that, let's do a little setup with Tani. Tani Kramer's here. Tani, I need a pet count. And and well, can we make this a little bit more dramatic before we get an answer from Tani? Tani, I need a pet count. Half of that. Leave the drama to me for Sorry. a moment. Half of the uh, of the um, of our team that's on the flight otherwise is, known as me is expressing tremendous anxiety over the fact that, that she hasn't made Aliyah yet that, that is, <laughs> that there's no that statistic on this page of how many canines are on the flight would you know there usually we, is we saw at way. least one didn't we see at least one I saw two were there two do we know do you want to hold on a second <laughs> Tani's like, Give well, me. one second. Are there any? Do you know if there are any? There are definitely, oh, there, are definitely. there definitely are pets on this flight. Right. If I'm not mistaken, I think we have five. Wow, pets. five is a good number. There Let's go, go with I five. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So five, and what I saw was quite large, by the way. Oh, the, that <laughs> very golden large. doodle was yeah. a very uh, large. down there. No, Dreamliner. If I'm again, I can double check that for you, and I'll get back to you with They're an upstairs. official answer. They're here in the cabin, I think. There's something that they don't, they don't have the usual area on a Dreamliner, so there's a different setup. I can confirm that in the, if you give me a minute. Meaning okay. there's a small area designated for them on this floor, on this actual platform. Not, oh, yeah, I believe so. That's so cool. Now, all right, it's funny you mentioned this, and I don't even know if this is the time to do it. You know, you know there are secret, you know there are compartments. I don't want to say secret, because I know about it. It can't be that secret. You know there are compartments on LL planes, and I assume all planes, um, that where where staff members can go and sleep. Oh, that 100%. you're aware of that. Yeah, uh, Some of, of them literally up they, here. They go take a good, good schluff for, for hours. That's where Tani goes in the middle of the flight. <laughs> That's not fair because he's he's one of the ones that are working the entire flight. Wait, but uh, can we first wish Tani a happy birthday? When is it? When's the big birthday? It was. it was already. Yes. You give or July fifteenth, whatever you prefer. I hope okay, I hope so. you celebrated appropriately. I'm waiting to do my lachaim. Miriam exactly. owes me a lachaim. Exactly. Yeah. Hello, they're coming around with the carts. No lachaim that she. He's going to pass up, that's no. for sure. Hey, hey, hey. Well, um, it's like 6.30 in the morning. I've had too much to drink. That's Otherwise, I wouldn't say something like that. One thing, Tani, yeah. and I know I'm going to have a chance to speak to others about this as well, but i got to point this out. Of all the things that struck me, almost 100 of these Olim, 232, are going to places that years ago people didn't even think about. Correct. Right. That's essentially the, the, what this part is of about. The Go, the Go Beyond Project is, a, is, a, is an initiative that we started together with Karen Kayamit Israel, right. with Kakal. Um, to encourage Aliyah to the north, south, and to Jerusalem, which is in a national mission um, that they took upon themselves. And as our partners, we decided to join with them and encourage Olim to go to the north, south, and uh, Jerusalem. Boy, did it work well, huh? So far. So far, so good. And when we meet the Hollingers later in the program, they're going Correct. to the south. Correct. How far south? They are going to... Like Beersheba-ish? That area? Ophakim, if Ophakim. I'm not mistaken. Southwest. Yeah. Very nice. Amazing. Well, Tony Kramer, I thank you. Always a Tani, pleasure. Tony, are you enjoying the Dreamliner? <laughs> Always. For him, it's... worth the second I can sit down... <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, for <laughs> you, I'll let you know. For you, it's like an office in the sky, <laughs> so I don't know to what degree you're enjoying it, but call like a vote for all your efforts, I can say that much. It is the party bus. Yeah, that's for Indeed. sure. It is. It's such a glorious thing. It really... I mean, I've said this to Nachum before, before we took off. It is a tremendous zchut to be able to be part of this. Um, and we thank our friends at Nefesh, and we thank you for your for your partnership and for your and for your confidence, really, that we're able to 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 share what goes on on this plane with all of our listeners is a tremendous chut. To be able to accompany these um, these Jewish heroes, as Nachum would appropriately call them, to you know 
to the Holy Land, to their homeland, is an amazing, amazing thing. You know, Rabbi Brenda's on the flight. We'll speak to him right, later. Yeah. So I already went over to him. I said, you know, I had a whole list of reasons why you're my hero. Now you have another reason right. why you're my hero. So to I just, just want to pay back the, the favor. And you guys really are amazing. And it's a lot. It's a major pleasure to work with you, accompanying our Aliyah flights at least one a year, once a year. Um, and I just, you know, we've done the in-flight recordings, so doing it live. We've done pre, we've done post. The one thing we haven't done yet that I'm waiting for uh -oh, uh -oh. is the live broadcast. Is, is the actual what the Aliyah. live will work on is is the actual, <laughs> the actual Nahum and Miriam Aliyah <laughs> flight that you will be broadcasting <laughs> as mean, Olim on this Nefesh Benefesh flight. That you know, might be a, a ten hour show. You know, before we took off, I was getting pictures. My cousins are up north and they're planting vineyards. My cousin has a farm and they are all together planting. Living in Israel, not Correct. tourists, living in right. Israel. Planting planting vineyards. And they had invited all of us to be a part of it. And um, and I said, you, you're you actually living the dream. It's really, it's an amazing thing. I said, um, you know, from from the song, Anina Tati Karim, yeah. Eretz Yisrael. Like, you're doing that. And the it's, Nabi describing people planting right. planting in Israel. It's, it's an amazing. amazing thing. It really is. I, I, I got a text from a different cousin of mine on How many Tisha cousins Bob. do you have? They're oh, all yeah. the same Toddy, family. Toddy. All, <laughs> we, he we knows be, them I all. Know, we can be here all day. He knows them all. I know exactly. <laughs> anyway, so my cousin Shafrira, Shafrira and Ben Wiener, made Aliyah 20 years ago on Tisha B'Av. So I totally had forgotten that we sent them off, Stephen and I, and, and I was pregnant at the time with our oldest, had sent them off at the airport, and we did our breakfast in the airport. Nice. So she said, 20 years ago, I had the best breakfast of my life. Happy Aliyahversary to me. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, it's been 20 years. It predates Nefesh. It's just, it's crazy to, you know, and to think now the difference between a Nefesh flight when you started, when there were Xerox machines and whatever else yeah. on board this, and now there's nothing. And, you know, Ari's doing whatever. It's just, it's so different now. I like that Aliyahversary. It's much be much better term than our Falia term that we do. Yeah. We're making Falia. We are making Falia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tani, thank you. Tani, you. you're the best. Tadaraba. More happy coming. Happy birthday. More, yes, happy birthday is right. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. We're on the flight. Does that make sense that we're on the flight? We yes, are. we are actually on a plane with more coming up on this Wednesday morning broadcast. You're listening to JM in the AM. Oh, 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 oh,
Gershon Barobani Israel, or in this case, we are flying to Israel. That's right. Everybody out there, I thank you for tuning in. It's a special JM and the AM broadcast. That's right, a special JM and the AM broadcast from a plane with Nefesh Benefesh. <laughs> We're going to be meeting some very interesting people. We've already had a, uh, a nice parade of, um, of guests so far. But soon, some of the heroes, those who've made a decision in the last few months or over the last few years to move to Israel, those who made a decision to actually be concerned about the future of the Jewish people, those who made a decision to actually do something about the, <laughs> the movement of Jews from the Galut, from the exile, to Aretz, to Israel. It's those heroes that we're going to be meeting during this flight. Correct. In fact, uh, the people we've spoken to so far are all those who've already done so, you may recall. Uh, <laughs> Avi Levine wants quiet. Avi Levine's the counselor. He's the counselor of the plane. Right. He wants quiet, and he wants quiet now. Avi wants to make sure that this show is way done by the time they shut the lights. So Shachar lives in Israel. Tani yes. lives in Israel. So already, without without blinking an eye, practically in the world of radio, we've met people who are you know going about their regular business and their regular jobs because of their uh, uh, commitment to photography, their commitment to nefesh benefesh, and yet. We forget sometimes to point out that these are also among the people that have already made a commitment to live in Israel. So these are the types of people we're going to be meeting today. The only two people on the air today yeah. that uh, are not living in Israel or are not there on as regular a basis as Tony Gilbart would be me and you. Yes. We, would be the, we would be the ones who honestly deserve to be shamed for not living there. And yet they treat us as if we are, you know, have some type of celebrity to us or something like that. Uh, you know, our good friend Mayor Weingarten once said the following to me. We walked off a flight and he says, do you see those people over there? So I say, oh, no, excuse me. It was different. We walked off a flight and there's a major ceremony at the plane for someone who had just shown up from, I don't know, Jewish agency, JNF, okay. some big philanthropist. I don't know. Some, some really important person from America. And then there's this whole hullabaloo. We go into the terminal, and on the side is a woman with a few kids sitting on their suitcases, waiting and waiting and waiting for someone to, to help them, for someone to process their paperwork, etc. So Mayor says to me, do you know who those are? So I said, who are they? He goes, those are Olim. Those are people who, are, who have just arrived, and they are now waiting for this process, which could take hours mm. in this airport. This is back in the early 90s. Excuse me, early 80s. It could, uh, late 80s. Could take hours. Uh, he says, you know, it's funny. We just witnessed, you know, moments ago before we arrived on the bus, a ceremony, a celebration with people. These are the people who deserve right. the celebration. Right. These are the ones who deserve what you saw at the plane when everybody was going crazy that this philanthropist or organizational heads had just arrived in Israel. So it's something to keep in mind as we are making faliyah, or what we call sometimes fake aliyah, as we are shamed when we get off the plane and people are cheering and, and celebrating and then they ask us questions like, hey, Anachom, I didn't know you are making Aliyah. And I, no, I'm not making Aliyah. Right. I happen, happen to be on this flight. Uh, so we are the ones that are in that category while everybody else here is a Jewish hero. Right, but, but <laughs> Nefesh gets Mayor Weingarten's point because we're going to land tomorrow and the ceremony will will laud and will hail. Yeah, well, not just that. They got Mayor Weingarten's point because look what they did with the processing. I understand that. I mean, my gosh. I understand that. But you have thousands of people welcoming 232 people. They mostly do not know. Right. And they they have been signed up to be part of tomorrow morning's ceremony, or I should say because this will be airing. Right. 
on Wednesday. Correct. On Wednesday ceremony. Wednesday ceremony. They have been been signed up for Lord knows how long. They have been ready to go. They have been excited. L'chaim Tani. L'chaim Tani. Happy birthday. Yom Huledet Sameach. Mazal Tov. And a Mazal Tov to everyone else. And Amen. To you. I don't know why, but Mazal Tov to you as well. Um... But it's a it's a tremendous thing to watch tomorrow happen. Oh, yeah. And yes, and we are shamed. First of all, we are only personally shamed. No one looks at us and says, "Shame on you." Oh really? We look at each oh, really? other and go, "Shame I always, on you." I always bump into the people who say, "Shame on me." <laughs> we. But that's the that's our family. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought this up about those who've registered to be at the airport and celebrate because our friends at NCSY Give will be there. And Machach, by the way, will also, also be, be there. there. Yep. And I assume other NCSY groups as well right. are going to be, you know, be, be one of the exciting parts of their week. And that, may, that means that those kids right. are getting up at five o'clock in the right. morning to leave their summer program to go to the airport. Right. Uh, and this year we know it's leaving a little bit more complicated. The only way to get into the airport would be with one of those groups. Right. So, we'll have to explain what we yeah. mean by that. We'll have to explain what we mean by that. But um, we're distracted by the dessert. I know. Isn't that funny how dessert could distract somebody? Yeah. You wow. and I are actually usually intolerant of people who get distracted <laughs> while they're on the air. Yet you and I saw a fruit platter, and all of a sudden, oh, look, a fruit platter. Exactly. We've never seen fruit platters. So that's the uh, so that's the story with the, the landing. It is... Um, There's Terminal 4. Let's explain what's going to happen for this oh, ceremony. Oh, yeah. I mean, just... I mean, Really, the only thing that these, that our listeners need to know is that usually it's in a hangar or a terminal that has somewhat access for the average person to be able to get there. You know, usually it's... it's in a, today, right. Wednesdays, for logistical reasons, because it had to be moved, is going to be in an area where really nobody's going to be able to go to on their own. They'll have to be part of that group that we just mentioned, you know, part of the groups that are coming from Jerusalem and other places. Right, but what's so significant is that this this terminal has only been used for diplomats right. until this point. Right. But this flight of 232 Olim is so important that they too will be able to take part in Terminal 4. And for those people who don't know what Terminal 4 is, it's that terminal that you've watched being built that you haven't used yet. Right. That's it. Right. Right. So that's where it's going to be. Um, so, it's, so it's exciting. It's certainly exciting. It's just another new adventure in the world of Nefesh Benefesh. Every single year, something seems to be different. They've streamlined this. They've had this person. They've had that person. And now now we have this. It's um, it's exciting. You want Yoaz on the uh, headset? or I on want the, uh, Yoaz over here. I'm going to have to move. Yeah. But, of course, Tani's distracting people. we got to tell Yoaz. We're going to ask you to come around this way. All right, so we have a very, very special guest coming up. We have a lot of amazing members of the Israeli media who are on this flight. We have a lot of great people from the Israeli media who have joined in, uh, who, are, who are participating. And um, we're not going to be able to speak with all of them, but we, are, we will be able to speak with some of them. Yoaz Hendel is an Israeli military historian and journalist serving as chairman of the Institute for Zionist Strategy since May of 2012 served at one point as Director of Communications and Public Diplomacy for Prime Minister Netanyahu, lectured at Marilan University and has, uh, where he taught courses on terror and guerrilla warfare and has an unbelievable reputation when it comes to both media and when it comes to uh, serving in the Israeli military. Shalom, thank you so much for joining me. Hi. Thank you for hosting me here in this airplane. For you, I know it's extra special. First of all, is this the first time you're doing this with Nafesh? Uh, uh, yeah, the first time. First time and you're the on the flight. The first time that I'm doing an interview on airplane. 
I did, yes. <laughs> yeah, a while ago we broke that barrier. <laughs> uh, and and secondly, not to be not to minimize it, you have a uh, relative, a cousin on the flight, right? Making Aliyah. A second cousin, yeah. And do you know where they're moving to? Have they told you? Uh, they're moving to Jerusalem, and Very the nice. first brother made Aliyah four years ago and joined the army, the parachuters, Tzanchanim. And now the second and the third, uh, the sister, the little sister, is going to move to Israel probably in the winter. All right. You and I spent some a little bit of time together this past Friday. Right. Word started getting around that things were getting very difficult in Israel, northern border, southern border, Friday specifically in the south. And there were even rumors flying around that someone like yourself might have to head back to Israel in order to be there if something, God forbid, would break out. What 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 actually happens? Is there is when things like that occur? Is there a moment's notice where you're simply told, "I know you're in the United States, but your orders are to come back immediately"? No, it takes time. But usually, um, as a lieutenant colonel in the IDF Reserve Duty Service, I'm trying to be aware to what's happening and trying to be relevant if something is happening. And in that case. Uh, I think that the, the state of Israel had the ability to contain the events, even though that they were very traumatic and we lost uh, one of our soldiers. But uh, statistically, unfortunately, from time to time we are in the middle, we find ourselves in the middle of a military operation in Gaza or in the north or in other places. With all the flourishing and the success and the achievements, we are still in the Middle East. Yeah. Bad neighborhood sometimes. Right, right. And very difficult. Yoaz Hendel is with us. Um, the, uh, the perspective, uh, and you worked in Prime Minister Netanyahu's office for what length of time? For how long? Uh, for 10 months. For 10 months. Uh, I don't know what that experience was like, but it's obvious that, uh, that at the moment it seems that the Prime Minister is enjoying a, a um, comfortable position in, his, in the Israeli political scene. It doesn't seem that at the moment he is at all being challenged uh, in terms of the position of Prime Minister of Israel. Would you agree with that? I think that uh, it's quite clear that Netanyahu is very strong politically, but at the same time he has a lot of uh, problems. And probably in the next year he will find himself with uh, different accusations and the... Uh, the investigations, part of them, had ended with recommendation of the police to charge him. So I don't think he's going to have a paradise in the next year. Politically, yes, he's strong enough. Um, there is, I would say that Netanyahu is enigma. In one side, he's very um, strong. He sees things strategically in a very clear way. He uh, understands deeply the diplomatic uh, needs of Israel and he, as you know, he created a very strong relationship with the sta United States, with uh, President Trump and at the same time with Putin, which is very unique. Right. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, locally, domestically, you can see how we play very low politics, which he might study it from uh, President Trump and might created it by himself in the last uh, cadence, but there, there are two Netanyahu's. One of them is the statement, the, um, you know, the, the, the person, the politician who knows how to uh, deal with uh, different challenges in the wild world. 
And the other one is uh, Netanyahu, the politicians that deal and fight against other small politicians inside Israel and sometimes even uh, try to uh, separate or try to uh, um, be um, rude, aggressive regarding his opponents in the Israeli politics. The media, at least in the United States, made a very big deal about what happened last Friday in the Knesset. The list of things that were passed at the quote-unquote last minute, are those some of the things that you mean when it comes to Netanyahu being a little bit low politically, as you put it? No, not that, because this is, I think, uh, for a change, this is ideological debate. And in those aspects, I'm very close to Netanyahu. I'm one of the people in Israel that support the uh, national bill because I think that this is nation part state, right? Yeah, because right. I think that this is part of what we are trying to achieve, which is a constitu a kind of a constitution. You in the United States um, have a constitution, and it doesn't matter who is the president. After four or eight years, you will find yourself at the same position, right. and it cannot change the character of Israel. In Israel, we have no constitution. And we know that we have uh, demographic changes, and uh, and no one knows where we will be in uh, 2048, 100 years after the establishment of Israel. And I think that we need its time, since we are Amasefer. Uh, it's a time to define who we are. People of the book. People of the book, yeah. <coughs> People of the world, and we we. Right. We need to define ourselves with words to define our democratic character, which is very important for us, and to define our national character. And this is part of it. This is part of the process, part of the discussion. And, this, and the discussion is very healthy, as I think. Uh, the Jewish polmus debate, right. it's part of our heritage. And I think that uh, one should uh, interpret the, the, the process as a very democratic uh, process and not as a dramatic and I heard and I saw the headlines regarding the character of Israel right. and uh, our democratic character and I think that this is a very democratic uh, process and I hope that at the end of the day we'll maintain and strengthen our checks and balances and, as a Jewish state and as a democratic state. Yeah, this the New York Times was quite bothered by it. Yeah, you Which know, I'm sure but, you saw, yeah. yeah, but uh, you know what? It's very connected to what we see here in the Nefesh Benefesh uh, flight, because if one, if one wants to influence on what's happening in Israel, and he thinks that he wants to make Israel more liberal and less conservative, or the opposite side, he should be part of Israel. And I'm, I can only tell you, as Israeli, as Zionistic, as someone that believes in Israel, that I, my goal is to keep Israel as I know it, uh, to keep Israel, to keep the checks and balances. And I think that uh, the, this bill is important to, uh, first of all, to deliver this message, and secondly, to create some kind of, to, to, to uh, shape, to shape it uh, to the future. Um, if one thinks that I'm wrong, it's okay. You mm -hmm. can become part of Israel right. and, to, and to change and to influence. And I think that the, those um, ultra-liberals or people who think that this is uh, not the right way, I'm more than um, welcome them to join and to make Aliyah and to be part of Israel and to influence on what's join happening Join the here. process. Join the process, yeah. And I'm, look, I'm, I belong to the part in Israel which is a liberal right. I believe in rights for everyone. I believe in rights uh, uh, <coughs> and in liberal uh, values and democratic values. And at the same time, I know that with all 
the respect to different rights and uh, slogans, at the end of the day we are in the Middle East and we should and need to keep Israel as a Jewish state. Um, and you do that by uh, creating, uh, first of all, by creating ideas and then by creating different bills and uh, maybe one day even a constitution. Yoaz Hendel is with us. Is, you're a writer, you're a historian, you're a journalist. Is this worthy of an article? Is this worthy of a magazine feature? Is this worthy of a book that 2,000 people every year leave North America and come to Israel? For sure. Um, but as a columnist, for me, what is much more interesting is that um, I think the conflict or maybe the process that we are witness uh, in the Jewish diaspora and in Israel, the relationship between the Israelis and the Jewish community in the States and we have many gaps, many conflict and even tension on different subjects from uh, the Kotel uh, um, configuration configuration <laughs> until the conversion, conversion and other weddings. issues yeah and this is uh, again a Jewish uh, debate and I'm historian so I remember that we had many debates in the past uh, if we want to learn something from history is that we should we should argue and not fight with each other we right. should argue with words and I think that what we see uh, here it's part of it uh, the I, I would raise the subject of all at least the questions if Israel still encouraged uh, Jews all over the world to make Aliyah or we gave up we want them to live in the states and to help us to help us from outside. Maybe the state of Israel gave up on the reforms, which mm -hmm. is the majority of the Jews in the states. Right. And this is a huge question, which I feel uncomfortable when I see different declarations that comes from Israeli politicians, even those that I know that this is a domestic politics. And I think that those questions are part of what we see here, because uh, you see that the majority of the Olim are coming from Orthodox uh, background which is you you cannot ignore it and uh one it's funny on this flight because i believe next month like we've seen many times a lot of the chayalimbo the dim are right. going to be from non-orthodox right backgrounds. right and, and you know it, it it maybe it could maybe it will make the discussion more interesting because those chayalimbo the dim and we we have visit in uh, rama camp and you see nice camp rama, camp camp rama, rama, right. camp rama. and you I see heard that very, was beautiful it's very beautiful it was my first time there and you see very beautiful people, that uh, conservatives, right. that decide that they want to make Aliyah. And I know that uh, the moment that they will land in Israel, they will have to cope with different stereotypes about uh, conservatives. Correct. Which, it's part of the problem, because the majority of the Israelis, they do not know how to know what is conservatives and what, is, what, are, what does it mean to be a reform, conservative, right. and open orthodox, uh, normal orthodox, and modern orthodox, and all those uh, terms and titles that uh, probably the majority of the uh, jury in the states know exactly what does it mean the Israelis are not familiar with I remember the time the first time that I saw a reformed Jew was when I was uh, 21 years old and I grew up in a modern Orthodox community in a settlement and I was very interested in Jewish history and uh, <coughs> the idea of Jewish, different Jewish streams, and unfortunately, I have never seen a reformed Jew until I was 21 and I joined the army. And I, I had a week in the um, um, 
military officer schools and they, they forced us actually to meet different types of Jews. So we met the reform rabbi and reform and conservative rabbi and for me it was the first time. I think that this is very sad that a young Jewish uh, student or boy uh, growing up in Israel and he doesn't really know how the Jewish people looks like specifically here and this is part of the problem we right. should know better the Jewish diaspora and I think that the Jewish diaspora and I'm saying that specifically to the liberals uh, and I hear the voices I see the polls I understand the problems they should understand better the character of Israel not to shape it in black and white not to paint it in black and white um, the Orthodox in Israel and the conservatives in Israel, they are also debating, discussing, uh, trying right. to maintain the character of Israel as a democratic state. Yoel Sendel, Yediel Tachronot, I would assume you knew my cousin Shia Segal. Right. I would right. assume I you knew I didn't know him. that you, you, he was your cousin. First yeah, cousin. Our oh. fathers were brothers. Wow. Yeah. He, uh, I remember as a kid, he used yeah. to work for Mariv. Right. As a photographer. Wow. And he took us to Ma'ariv to see how they made a newspaper in those days, 1977. Long, long time ago. Anyway, was, I thought uh, you would know. Yeah. And uh, he was involved in politics. <laughs> a yes. lot. A lot, <laughs> a lot of stories. Sure. Yes. Very cool so, out person. I think the most recent story that we saw with last time we were in Israel with Sarah Netanyahu, I, right. be I believe he was the one that was being yelled right, at. Right, right, right. <laughs> so he's, he, he was all over. Right. Uh, everyone knew him. Tadaraba, thank you so much thank for the pleasure to much. meet you thank and a pleasure to spend this time with you. The pleasure to make my first interview on the plane. <laughs> I appreciate that. Please tell, every, tell all your friends. <laughs> Tadaraba. More coming up. It is a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. That's right, a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. And we'll do this classic from Naomi Shemer, Al Kolela, as we get set to wrap up hour number one from the plane. We're with Nefesh Benefesh here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Those of you who are commenting on the NSN app, I'm sure that our staff is monitoring those comments. We love to see those comments, even if we are not 100% live. You know why this is uh, being presented the way it is, because we have this amazing privilege of being on the Nefesh Benefesh plane broadcasting from the plane, presenting it as our Wednesday morning JM in the AM. Miriam L. Wallach is with me in our mobile studio here aboard the uh, Jetliner, excuse, excuse me, Dreamliner. This is no longer the makeshift studio. Yeah, it's like a real studio. It's uh, it's pretty intense. The real deal. Exactly. I hear that we've got the attention of other media members who are taking photos of this studio. That is true. We're so cool. <laughs> or we're cool by association. A <laughs> uh, couple of things. First of all, yes. it's such a big week for us. Right now, people are listening to the Wednesday JM and the AM. And you know how amazing our programming is day and uh, afternoon and evening. So people should stay tuned in all day long. But then on Thursday's JM and the AM, we'll be doing our Yom NTSY program from Latrun. Right. Which, by the way... I'm super excited for it. This is such an amazing week for us. Yeah, this is going to be an amazing Thursday. And then Friday morning, our friends in Beit Meir are hosting us. The NCSY Summer Programs are hosting us from the home of NCSY Kolel. Right. And uh, in between, in between, we do one of your favorite things. Yes. We visit an Israeli winery. You know, you really make me sound like I have a problem. Well, you're getting there. <laughs> uh, the Barkan Winery right. is going to be our uh, Thursday afternoon live lunch, assuming all goes well, you know, technically. We haven't been at Barkan in a couple of it years. It has been a while. And um, it has been a couple of years since we've been there, but we're very much looking forward to coming back. And, um, and so we'll be there on Thursday afternoon. So stay tuned. Obviously, if you're on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. That's where we update everybody on everything that's happening. Again, just like the page. Like the page on Facebook, Nahum Siegel Network. You'll be updated, plus you'll see all the photos, etc. cetera, uh, that's happening uh, in terms of what's happening uh, throughout our entire week. We love doing this, and we're so glad that all of you are with us for this incredible experience. It really is an amazing experience. JM and the AM. Oh, also a reminder, another reminder. You know, Miriam Wallach, I am filled with reminders here. You are? Yeah, I'm full of reminders here. Sunday, 
You oh know what's gosh. happening Sunday? I do. Sunday is Hask Experience Day. And we will be experiencing Hask. We'll be there. I'm told that on the tour, they tell you this is where Miriam Wallach was a counselor. If I'm not mistaken, that's what they do at some point during the tour. Although it's like on the, the Mora Shah tour when they say, this is where Miriam Wallach climbed to the rafters and wrote her name on the roof. Although, from what I hear about the Hask campus, the bunk you were in is probably no longer there. Same thing with the Mora Shah campus. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jeremy Joseph has sin- since built it into some kind of amazing whatever it is. So when we get to Hask on Sunday, it, we're doing something unique. This is really unique. What a way to wrap up this week. We're it's gonna, not very unique. It's not very unique. It's really But unique. it is really unique. <laughs> it, we, are, we are going to... You, you, you just threw me back to one of our live lunch discussions. Yes. Uh, we are going to broadcast live from Hask on Sunday. Hask Giving Day, so to speak. And then on Monday morning's JM and AM, you will hear that those Correct. three hours from Camp Hask. So we're asking everybody out there who has shout-outs for NCSY... Send us an email with the words shout-out NCSY in the subject line. If you have a shout-out for Hask, send us an email with the words shout-out Hask in the subject line. Send it to NachumandNachumSiegel.com. Again, NachumandNachumSiegel.com. And join the fun. And, and we'll be totally, totally back live. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, I apologize. We'll be totally, totally back live on Tuesday morning, uh, this coming Tuesday morning at JM the yep. And we're going to explain to everyone what, what it means to break for Hask. Right. Correct. Hashtag a break for a has. B-R-E-A-K. Yes, not as in not, not or break. something. Right. Well, not just that, but not to break like in a car, B-R-A-K-E, but to break, B-R-E-A-K for a has. Right. Take a break. Right. Take right. a break. Break for a has. Jam so, what are we at? We're at five minutes after the hour. And by the way, yeah. you do have the Amudim program. And that's right. That, Two days later. And that'll be, we're going back live Tuesday morning. That is Tuesday night, correct? Yes. Yeah, that is Tuesday night. So I'm exhausted. Yeah, this is going to be. We qu- just got on this plane. Quite a stretch of time. Yeah. And, and we'll explain as we get closer and closer all these things that are happening in further detail. And we are privileged to be able to be to bring all of that programming to you. We thank all of our sponsors who are, frankly, more our partners. Family and partners. Yeah, some more family than others. A lot of good people out there. A hundred percent. This is one of those moments that I really appreciate the quality of, of those that we work with. And, I, and if we could go through for a second, we, we need to thank Yoni. Thank you, Yoni. Thank you, Yoni Pollock. Thank you, Avrami Friedman. Avrami Fickelstein. I don't know why I just said Friedman. Avrami so someone stops me a minute ago, and I went to try to change my shirt in what they call a, uh, okay. a restroom here. Okay. As I said to Tani, the only contract negotiation I want to review when it comes to Nefesh Benefesh is the size of my dressing room on these flights. Yes. It is impossible to move around. Um, what are we doing? Okay. No, I'm just passing a note to Tani. So, so I go back there. And someone says to me, um, oh, my gosh, Nahum Siegel, do you know who we are friends with? I said, who? Toby and Avrami Finkelstein. Right. I said, oh, my gosh, do you know that? that do you know where they are now? They go, yeah, we're going to be neighbors of theirs in, oh, in no Ramat Beit Shemesh. Yeah. They're going to be in Beit Shemesh, and Toby and, and Avrami are in Ramat Beit Shemesh. Right, but, but we were on, we were on uh, getting on the plane with somebody else who was moving to Ramat Beit Shemesh. I mean, there are plenty of people yeah, on this plane moving, moving to Ramat, Ramat Beit Shemesh. Shemesh. Got it. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on on this plane. A lot going on on this plane. But thank God, it's all good. It's exciting. So, again, thank you to Yoni. Thank you to Avrami. Thank you to ZK. Thank you to Mark, who we don't exactly know what Mark's doing right now, but he's certainly doing something to help us out. <laughs> That's for sure. Mark, it's in stereo. That's all I have to tell you. Total, num- total number of Olim that have moved to Israel with Nefesh Benefesh. Total number. Now, it should be, you have a big hint, of course. Right. Because, you know, well, they, had a, they had a big significant anniversary a couple of years ago. I know that it's over 
50,000. Right. So we're at 57,000 right I was going to I was going to guess 57. Oh, sorry about that. That's I all right. Give you a chance. I asked this you to guess. This is the worst game show I if asked I you can't do a final guess. I asked you to guess, and then I, I never gave you a chance to guess. So. Yeah, that's true. So 57,000 Olim since 2002. 90% of them, could you imagine? 90% of them are still living in Israel. And I've made homes for themselves that have lasted for up to, as we say, 16 years, which is pretty remarkable. You want a song? I would like a song, please. We're going to do a song and then come back with plenty more. Remember, we are on the plane, as crazy as that sounds. And you are listening to JM in the AM. Tchau, tchau. 
JM in the AM. Liebe Mizrach, a Yaakov nice. Shweki classic, yeah. Yeah. Hey, That's old school, by the way. I know, we take this job seriously. We got on appropriate songs when we're doing something like this, heading to Israel with Nefesh Benefesh. JM in the AM, hour number two, we're literally on the flight. Going to meet some of the Olim, some of the people who are moving to Israel. Also wanted to mention that Nefesh Benefesh is doing this all through the year. I know, not always charter flights with massive ceremonies and big parties, but... All through the year, group flights are heading to Israel. Back in June, they sent 100 Olim on their first summer group flight of this season. And that's happening all year round. That's why when we say 2,000 Olim a year, it's no exaggeration. It is many group flights and obviously these couple of charters that bring all those people to Israel. So for those who think the only time you can move is summer because kids are out of school, planning for the new year, natural time for a new job, new home, everybody moves in August, who moves anyway, and all that stuff. The truth is, if September, October, December, February are more convenient for you, Nevish Benevish makes it happen. Exactly. With these amazing group flights. Exactly. Um, so we are waiting information. for... Information. Yeah. NBN.org.il. A lot of people listening right now, they want to fill out their own application. They want to start their own process. They want to see what they'll make on their Sal Klita, which mm-hmm. I, used to do that. I used to do that all the time. I would go to the Sal Klita calculator just to see where Why I'm don't you explain to everyone what Well, when you move to Israel, your, your family gets a certain amount of money from the Israeli government. If you have a lot of kids, for instance, obviously it'll be more, younger kids more, et cetera, et cetera. So my Sal Klita at one time was like, you know, I don't know, 40, 50, 60,000 shekel. And I'm like, whoa, hey, let's move to Israel. Right, and at that time, the shekel was probably weaker than it is, Correct. and the dollar was stronger. Now, just keep it in shekel. Right, right? Correct. no reason to change <laughs> no it. No reason. By the way, do you know this a little tidbit about Nahum Siegel, which you probably didn't know until this moment? Tell me. Did you know that this was the first trip in years that I had no Israeli money at home to take to Israel? That's funny. And do you know why? I figured it out. Because you gave it to your kids <laughs> who were in Israel for the summer? <laughs> exactly. I know. There were, there, were I, crisp, I, there were crisp shkalim on my <laughs> night table when I woke up one morning. And I was like, did you make these in the basement? Like, where did they come from? Because I'm thinking that it wasn't this trip with Chava. I think it was in February when we were there. I think Yonina just basically took all my Israeli money. There's that. I think that's what happened. But I don't th- have any Kesef Katan. I have nothing. No. I literally have nothing. I was actually thinking of using an Israeli ATM, which is a, like, oh. like a cross. Right. You know, but, I, but hopefully we won't be that desperate for cash. We're gonna have to go to what's it what's it called um, when you when you change oh change point. Right. We're gonna have to go to change point. We're those people. Does anybody uh, know if um, Fish and Chips accepts credit cards? Do you have any idea? Do they accept credit cards? They do. They and, do. It, and just make sure you spell it F I S H E N. Okay. Just want to make sure that's Fish and Chips. Fish and Chips. In the in the, in the shook. shook. That's where you want to go when you want something really delicious and not meat. And like a hearty meal. Yeah. It's good food. Really good food. Yeah, there's a lot of good food in the show. And here's a tip, everybody. Go with someone who does not look at you with derision when you eat the french fries. That's a good idea. So not with me. <laughs> you uh, you can have french fries in, in the show. Uh, I know. I'm kidding around. Exactly. Jam the M hour number two. We've got um, plenty of special guests coming up. Rabbi Brand is going to join us about how many minutes from now? Rabbi Brander is going to join us in about 15, 20 15. minutes. We have another guest who's making his way here. We've got a lot going on on this program. There is a lot happening on this show. Yes. And I have a feeling we're about to really hit the ground running with some well, of the Well, not get- literally. No, that we wouldn't be able to do no. here. Can we just stop for a second? We're on a plane. Oh, you've done that routine before, I haven't know, you? I know, because I'm looking out the window, and it's, there are cl- it's craziness. By the way, the Dreamliner has no shades on their windows. No. The Dreamliner has an option where you can go from regular let me look out the window to we will make this window so dark 
that right. it's as if there was a shade on it. So right, which is cool. All, it's very cool. It's you know, I don't know if it's one of those things you had to have when you're making the Dreamliner. Like I didn't know they had to overspend on that part of the play, but okay. We still know. haven't figured out where the dogs are. <laughs> Although Tani guaranteed us to have their own special area I'm on this sure flight. I'm sure they do. That's what he said. What can I tell you? You know what the funny thing is to me about the Dreamliner? Yeah. Is the food carts. The food yeah. carts do not come with the Dreamliner. Right. You either buy them separate or you use the old carts right. from a previous plane. Which do fit or don't fit. They, they do fit. Right. But why you spend a gazillion dollars on a brand new plane? But the food carts are extra. Pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. Thank you, Boeing. Is the Dreamliner a Boeing? I would assume so, but who knows? I what, don't know. What do we know about aircraft? What do we know about... About flying in the sky. We gotta than, ask Mayor Weingarten. Other than being passengers, yeah, he would have the answer. That's for sure. He is the guy in the know. Jam the am a reminder that this is an amazing and incredible week for us. Those of you who want to send shout-outs to our email address mm -hmm. uh, for the NCSY show, you want to put it in the subject line. Subject line shout out NCSY. Send it to nachobanachobzigel.com. And if you want to uh, send a shout out to our friends at Hask. Staff member, camper, wherever you may know up at Camp Hask. It's a shout out Hask. And again, email address Nahum, N A C H U M, at Nahum Siegel, N A C H U M S E G A L dot com. And one other thing, we have a minute till this mm -hmm. guest joins us. One other thing, August 1st, I want to point out for our listeners in the New York area. August 1st, our friends at the Brooklyn Cyclones are doing something yes. unique. They are coming up with kosher. They've never done this before. No. You, you'd think they would have thought of this years ago. It's Do you think they would have started with food? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's kosher night, but not a regular, you know, no. a Jewish heritage or regular game where they have kosher stands and there's, you know, more of them when necessary. In this case, they are actually having a variety of menus, completely different things that are going to be going on, whether it's sushi, chicken, meat, etc., etc., a whole pizza, a whole variety of stuff in separate sections, and you'll be able to go and enjoy it. Go to brooklyncyclones.com for information, brooklyncyclones.com. It's Wednesday, August the first simple as that we have with us uh, here in our uh, mobile studio at the Nahum Siegel Network Ari Ackerman Ari Ackerman is described as an entrepreneur and Nefesh Benefesh supporter he is here on the plane Ari Ackerman welcome to JM in the AM thank you for having me although I have no choice but to sit right here right? <laughs> this is it this is the studio <laughs> this is the studio yeah. we, we say it's a mobile <laughs> studio but not that mobile <laughs> I, mo I moved one seat over for all your listeners and look where you ended up imagine, yeah, amazing yeah, imagine uh, that yeah. so someone tells me based on our research, that you at one time were associated with an outfit called BunkOne.com. I, I was more than associated. I am the founder and former CEO of BunkOne.com. Does it still exist? It absolutely still exists. I started the company back in 1999. Uh, I owned it for 17 years, and I just sold it last March to a private equity shop. And the idea being, if I, and I know something about camping, right. uh, the idea being we are going to make camp life for the parents as easy as possible, and for the camps, all in one, all in one spot. Everything you need, all there on the site. Uh, I, that's a pretty good description. I mean, what, what I like to always have said when uh, I owned the company was uh, it was a one-way window for a parent to non-intrusively see what was going on at camp right. to keep the magic, the camaraderie, the experience that the campers have all along. But the parents are now able to see in a pasture-protected area the pictures of what's going on at camp and are able to send emails that are printed out for the kids at camp. So the kids aren't on computers when they're there. They're doing what they should be doing at right. camp. And we have all sorts of other technologies like online registration and a database management. Of course, I still say we, although it's not we anymore, right. but it was my baby for 17 years. Any so. idea how many camps took advantage of the BunkOne.com uh, platform? Uh, we had over 2,000 camps that use it. At Very our, our nice. Yeah, we, we, we had, I invented this 
product for the Summer Camp World back in 1999. So if anybody was using something outsourced, they were using me. And where did you go to camp? Uh, I went to a camp called Winaki. Oh, I've it's heard in, of it. Of course I've heard of it, yeah. sure. It's a lot of Jewish boys, but not a lot of religious Jewish Correct. boys went to my camp. Oh, amazing, I'll tell you. I got my religion at Ramaz. I went to Yeshiva High School and then... On the Upper East Side. On the Upper East Side, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Um, and so today... Uh, now that you've uh, moved on from bunk1.com, apparently you have some type of stake in the Miami Marlins. That's correct. So I sold the company last March to a private equity shop, as I mentioned, and we got a lot of business, business press on the sale. And I got approached uh, shortly after the press came out by a group led by Derek Jeter. Yeah. And uh, Derek uh, uh, called me directly uh, to see if I'd be interested in this deal, met with him, and we uh, agreed on terms, and I was the first guy, one of the first guys in on the deal uh, to buy the Marlins, and that was in April of last year. We ended up closing the deal in October. Uh, we bought the team for $1.2 billion, and I have enormous, enormous faith in what we're about to accomplish over there in Miami. If I had Wi-Fi, I'd look up their record. I don't know how you're doing, correctly well, this you year. Know, so what I like to say right now is we're the 22nd best team in baseball. <laughs> okay. And people were predicting we'd be the, the worst team in baseball because we did have to make some trades for... Um, for some financial reasons and to rebuild our farm system. The Yankees benefited from that. The Yankees got a very good player, yeah. but we got a lot of very good young players in return for Giancarlo. So you have exceeded your expectations. I'd like to think we've exceeded our expectations, and I'd like to hope that the fans uh, turn out and appreciate what we, we, uh, we want to accomplish down there. Why are you on this flight to Israel today? So I'm on this flight. Uh, I'm also very proud to say that I come from a very philanthropic uh, and a very Zionistic family. Um, my grandfather was literally one of the founders of the State of Israel, Meshulam Rickless, if you know who he Oh is. my gosh, you're the grandson of Meshulam Rickless? That's correct. And uh, That name in my house was always bandied about at the Shabbos table by my father, who was very involved in the Zionist movement way, uh, way back. Yeah, and I mean... Your grandfather was Meshulam Rickless. Wow. He, he if any Meshulam of my Rickless. He's 94 years Mish old. Excuse me, is Meshulam And he lives in Tel Aviv, and one of the reasons I go there a lot is to see him as much as I possibly can. And so I come from that pedigree, and also my mom, who was really just a legendary uh, philanthropist in New York, who I unfortunately lost five and a half years ago, but like to do everything I can to support the work that both my grandfather and my mom ha have done for so many years. So I do my part, and uh, I really didn't know about Nefesh by Nefesh until uh, almost a few weeks ago. My main focuses were in APAC and UJA. You had never heard of the organization? I, I knew people, you know, made Aliyah, and right. I knew there was Olim, but I didn't really know what this organization did. Wow, amazing. Yeah. And here you are. And here I with am. With 232 people. 232 amazing. Uh, Some of them are brave. likely Ramaz graduates, by the way. I'm sure. <laughs> Actually, I saw somebody I knew. On are the you place. serious? And I said to him, I went to Ramaz with you. He goes, no, no, I know you're from a Jewish organization. But <laughs> yeah, we're so old at this point, we don't know who's who from where. <laughs> That's funny. But, um, but yeah, so you know, I'd like to think I, I, I can carry on that tradition. And one of the reasons I, I was very excited about this when I first heard about it was because of my Zionistic background and being very proud of my roots and my heritage and being able to support the community after my sale of Bunk One and uh, doing uh, some unique and special things like you guys do here. Amazing. Um, Ari Ackerman's our guest, uh, entrepreneur and, and somebody who's a supporter of Nefesh for Nefesh, simple as that, enjoying the flight to Israel with 232 Olim. Well, it's only been two hours. So yeah. But seven at, hours, at hopefully, the, we're at, still enjoying it. At this point, you enjoying. You know, yeah, at, right. at this point, it's still accurate. Yeah. Um, uh, the whole thing is remarkable, what Nefesh for Nefesh has been doing, and uh, I don't have to tell you how amazing 
the philanthropic work in the Jewish community is and at the same time the corporate work in the Jewish community is. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is it's no secret that Israel is now a hub for high tech and uh, you know startup nation, etc., etc. Have you, as somebody who has invested in one of the largest investments in America, right? Major League Baseball, I would right. think one of the biggest outfits in America. Have you dabbled in the Israeli market when it comes to corporate affairs? Yeah, interestingly enough, I've, I've invested in maybe 15 to 20 businesses. Uh, a lot of people who are Jewish startups, maybe even some Israelis there, but not a, an actual Israeli company that I've ever invested in. And believe me, I would love to. <laughs> like, if there's any Israelis out there with a good idea, believe me, I hear a lot of them. Some of them, so, them do very well. Yeah, huh? some of them do very, very well. And, you know, there's obviously the intellectual capital in, in the state of Israel is phenomenal. And, uh, you know, so many great, uh, amazing companies uh, have started in Israel and so many companies uh, come to Israel to, to take advantage of these intellectual capital that, that's available there. So, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I just, I just for my own personal business investments thus far, I have not uh, been an Israeli investor yet. Interesting. Um, speaking with Ari Ackerman, uh, your family in Israel, aside from your grandfather, are there other family members in Ab the state of Israel? Absolutely. I have my grandfather's sister is there, Aviva Naaman, who's a uh, a famous artist in Israel, and she has her whole family there, her kids and her grandkids. Um, and uh, my aunt goes there a lot, and uh, we just we just have very strong Israeli Zionistic uh, ties. And uh, again, I try to do a lot in New York City. Uh, I, I host a lot of events at my at my house for literally dozens of Jewish organizations, and uh, do my part that I can for Israel, but the real heroes are everybody that's on this plane today. The people that are actually taking their lives and moving it to the state of Israel. I mean, I'm proud to give um, financially and do what I can to promote and support all I can, but the people that are sacrificing their existence in the United States to move to the incredible state of Israel, I believe are our true heroes, along with the soldiers of Israel and the way they protect the Jewish homeland. And as you know, we wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, where are you heading after the journey to Israel? So, I'm actually, it's actually a quick trip, so I'll be there Wednesday, Thursday, then on Friday morning I fly to Miami for, for meetings this weekend in Miami, Friday, Saturday, uh, Marlin stuff, and then on Sunday I fly to New York very early in the morning because I have to take my nephew and niece to summer camp, Jewish summer camp, because uh, I never miss a, a drop-off or visiting day for my nephew and niece at camp. That's fantastic. I have a camp background. How could I not? I, uh, I you, chose the camp. That you are speaking. To, so. You are speaking to a father who, because of my experience as a head counselor for years, drives Camisora, oh, yeah. drives his kids to camp the first day of camp. Every while, so everyone else know, is going on the bus. I, I love the ruach. <laughs> I love when you drive into camp. It's and the I love, greatest. Like when you, when all the counselors are screaming. And oh, it's, it's the greatest. The Israeli flags and the you know, it's to have that in America and and to because my my niece and nephew are. Uh, I live in Boulder, Colorado, so mm. they don't have a large community there. So it was very important to my sister and I to choose a camp where they would learn the blessings and learn, um, you know, what Shabbos is and what the Torah is and all the important things that you should have when you're growing up and, and have a lot of Jewish friends from summer camp as well and maybe even a husband or a wife. Because, by the way, my other passion is Jewish continuity, if you want to get into that. So. Amen to that. Amen to that. Nothing wrong with that. Amen to that. Um, so you'll, you'll love this little anecdote. Yeah. Uh, I, I just drove, uh, at the first day of camp, I drove my 13-year-old to camp. He's the youngest, and he was going, whatever, separately from everybody else with their staff members. And I drove him up the first day of camp, and it's, you know, a long three-hour drive, and yeah. it can be a little boring. He, uh, he's falling asleep yeah. in the car, etc. And we get to the main gate, and he says to me, 
I love this place. Uh, and that, and that was, was his first year? Not his first. It's his, his fifth year. Oh, okay, and it yeah. made my summer that I bring my kid there and hear a comment like that on day number one. So. Listen, look at me. I spent 17 years in the oh, camp business. The greatest. I, I have a, a friend who does an adult camp at the end of the camp uh, end of the camp season every summer, and I go every year. <laughs> Are you so, serious? Uh, absolutely. I, I actually You're literally one, one of us. Oh, I'm 100% one of you. I'm very proud to say one of my greatest accomplishments in life. I feel like I've done a few things, but one of my greatest accomplishments is winning best athlete at the adult camp a few years ago. Did they give you a trophy? Oh, yeah, not, I, I got a little trophy, but more importantly, I got a cardboard piece of paper with a handwritten note that said best athlete, Ari Ackerman, voted on award. I don't even think it was, a, but the award that, itself was like classic camp style. That is the greatest. That is the greatest. By the yeah. way, how many people have said to you that there are other Ari Ackermans? I just heard that. I know of two. Somebody, yeah. I know of two others. So funny you should say that. So my first, one we met last night. My first job out of college was I worked on Capitol Hill for a congressman named Gary Ackerman. Sure. Who retired from New York, recently, right? yeah, from Queens, Long Island. Right. And he had a son named Ari Ackerman. So there's three now that yeah. I signed. And, and, and you know, there's no nepotism allowed in Congress if you pay your employees. So I had to sign all these things that I'm not related to <sighs> Gary. Or, so it was actually kind of funny. It's actually kind of funny. And I still get Facebook friend requests sometimes <laughs> from so people who think they're Gary Ackerman's son. And I have to say to them, sorry, wrong Ari Ackerman. That's great. You know, I love you know, it. You can tell when they're Gary's relatives and when they're like friends who are trying to friend me. It's right by fun. what they're asking, right? By what just, they're, just by who, cause Gary by who they are. Gary Ackerman recently got on Facebook. Ah. Like, like six months ago. So now you're suffering the consequences. So yeah, so like, and he like, so now everybody thinks that like, and I'm, and he friended me pretty quickly after he got on Facebook. So now the people think that I'm that Ari. And I'm Thank not you for sharing your thoughts about <laughs> Nefesh Benefesh with us. It's much appreciated. You guys do amazing work. I'm proud to be here to support it. Appreciate that. Enjoy the rest of the flight. Thank you very much. There you go. It's Ari Ackerman, everybody. Entrepreneur, Nefesh Benefesh supporter, and somebody's very, very proud about the 232 Olim that joined 2,000 North American Olim this year and 57,000 who've made Aliyah with Nefesh Benefesh since 2002. More coming up. You are listening to JM in the AM.
מדוע אתם שותקים? מדוע אתם שותקים, רבותיי? מה אתם מחכים? J.M. in the A.M. Doesn't that say it all for the flight that we're on? We are on a Nefesh Benefesh flight. We're giving Rabbi Goldwasser a day off, by the way. Morning Chizik should return tomorrow. Sometimes it's difficult to juggle everything during these broadcasts when we're on planes and broadcasting from Yom NCSY and all the different things that we're going to be doing this trip. Uh, but he'll, of course, rejoin us at the appropriate time. Uh, well, I, I mentioned earlier to Rabbi Brander, I'm sure he's not going to be happy with me saying this on the air, but I'll say it anyway. I said to him that um, uh, there are so many reasons on the list of why I think he's a hero. I've known him now, as we both know, for uh, close to 40 years. Uh, but now, the fact that he's an Ole uh, is one of the factors or one of the uh, items that he, we could add to the list of why I believe he is a hero. Now, of course, the uh, new leader at Oratora Stone in Israel and officially in Ole as of today, July of 2018, Rabbi Kenneth Brander. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much, Nachum. It's a pleasure to be here. It's uh, the first time I'm able to come to your studios, and actually it only took me a uh, five-minute walk. It's <laughs> not great. E- not even. an hour. Not even. Yeah. <laughs> This is unique, broadcasting from the plane and capturing all of this excitement, all of this incredible inspiration. Uh, as all these Olim, 232, you included, are heading to Israel, have made this commitment, have said, you know what, at some point in the last few weeks or months, have said to themselves, it's time to recognize with our own physical selves that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. Once you were offered or Torah Stone, I assume that's when that process started for you, huh? I think the process has started started a long time ago, and uh, my wife and I, Ruchi and I, have been thinking about this throughout our married life. Um, but this was a wonderful and wondrous uh, opportunity to make Aliyah, to reconnect with our children who live in Israel, 
and to be able to do wonderful things for the Jewish people in Medina Israel, Jew, for Jews in Israel, the thousands of students that we have at Ortora Stone, the hundreds of thousands that we interact with through our outreach programs, and the tens of thousands we interact with as our rabbis are shlichim, uh, both rabbis and, and our uh, shluchot, who are playing leadership roles, men and women playing leadership roles throughout the uh, diaspora. What a wonderful opportunity to continue the legacy of Rabbi Riskin, and it became uh, almost a no-brainer uh, to make Aliyah under these wonderful and wondrous circumstances. You know, uh, I had a friend who was involved in a lot of different Jewish causes and said that he looked back at his career, he liked inventing things, he liked creating things. And some could argue, uh, to your credit, that when it came, for instance, to the community in Boca, in Florida, you created it. Obviously, there were Jews there beforehand. We're not taking anything away from them, but you know what I mean. You enhance the infrastructure down there to a record-breaking level. You then go to Yeshiva University, essentially fill a position that had never been there before, and make it effective and make it, um, and, and, and make it influential in the Jewish world. Another amazing accomplishment. Here... Is there room for Rabbi Brander to create and to invent at Oratora Stone? That's a wonderful question. Um, and I've thought about that a lot. And, you, you know, it's, now it not, doesn't have to be a secret. Nachum, you're one of the first people that I spoke to when this opportunity was offered to me to get your wisdom and your guidance. And I felt, and I still feel, that, first of all, can't take away from what Rabbi Riskin really created, 27 institutions. Wow. Um, that do not only education, but really inform the international Jewish community and society at large. However, I think there's a lot more that can be done with the infrastructure that Rabbi Riskin built. There's the opportunity to create a sacred synergy between the institutions, and there is the opportunity to launch new institutions based on the wisdom, uh, the talent that's at Ortora Stone, and I have every intention of doing that. Once I start to get to know all the 27 institutions and the thousand people that work um, and that, that are my partners at Ortora Stone, um, then I do have several ideas that I plan to launch, please God, uh, with the help of my colleagues at Ortora Stone that I think uh, will be transformative, uh, innovative, and Ortora Stone will continue to be what has been until now, and that is an incubator for ideas. 20 years ago, Rabbi Riskin uh, created an opportunity for women who were having a difficulty getting a get, a gunot, right. that they could be represented in uh, the Beit Din Rabbani, in the uh, rabbinic courts, by women who knew the halachot of Ebenezer. And, the, and they were welcomed uh, by the rabbanut to play this role. Uh, at least now they're welcomed. Uh, then he had to... It was a process. It was a process. Um, and, and I think that using a from his playbook of really continuing to be innovative and creative, uh, there are several new initiatives that I plan to start um, over the next year or two. One of the things we always emphasize, especially recently, is the relationship between Israel, its Jews, and the diaspora. Um, it, it is heartwarming, I, I would think you'd have to say, when you walked into Artura Stone and realized how many communities around the world, not just in Israel, but around the entire world, are helping to keep OTS going. It's not only heartwarming to see how many uh, people contribute to make Artura Stone 
as dreams to be actualized. It's also wonderful to see how many shlichim mm. uh, that Ortora Stone sends around the world. Right now, there are 200 uh, rabbinic couples um, in communities. 200 men and women, each with their own talents, playing leadership roles in communities. Uh, in a few, in, in, in two weeks, 24 more will be going to different communities. And that is, uh, doesn't count the fact that we have a new program which you have featured, in which in 24 different communities that have less than 10,000 Jews, we're making seven visits a year with three educators, courtesy of uh, the ministry that deals with diaspora affairs. Right. So you're talking about tens of thousands of engagements outside of Israel, and you're talking about around a half a million in addition to our 4,000 students in Israel. So I think there's a synergy between what we're doing throughout the world and the fact that the world has been responding to support these initiatives, to support what Ortoristone represents. And we look forward, obviously, to featuring more and more of your work. Uh, this is, and we, we only have a couple of minutes, and I certainly want to get to other family members, and we will in a moment, but Rabbi Brander, a word about Nefesh Benefesh. You've been through the process. You've seen them now for 16 years. Your perspective of all of this. Well, I, I have really two perspectives. Um, one is, I, I was there when Rabbi Fast and Tony Gelbart uh, began this process. Uh, they began it uh, in Boca Raton, uh, incubated it at the Boca Raton Synagogue, and they just, from, from, from the start of this project, it was creative and innovative. But to be able to have dreams about doing wonderful things, but to be able to make sure that all the details are being handled and to create this massive Aliyah movement. I think that Rabbi Fass and Tony Gelbart are modern Ezra Nehemias. They are really represent that idea, and uh, I'm on a plane, so I'm not going to make a, uh, a judgment, but I think if you add up how many people Ezra brought to Israel, uh, it might be that Rabbi Fass and Tony Gelbart are surpassing that number. Yep. Uh, but uh, it will take a little while for me to evaluate <laughs> that to make it a, a, a true statement, but it's definitely Not in the a realm of possibility. Right. They're definitely the modern Ezra's and the Chemias. No question about it. Amazing. And then now to be able to be a participant of it uh, is just amazing. And, you know, when Rabbi Fass left Boca Raton, we were close. Uh, he was the associate rabbi of the synagogue. Him and Batsheva gave Ruchi and I a gift. In the back of the uh, painting they gave us, they write, you know, we're making Aliyah, we look forward to you joining us. Um, it's on my lift, and we couldn't uh, fit it in the suitcase, uh, but, but when we get the lift, uh, I look forward to returning that painting to uh, Rabbi and, and Mrs. Fass. Tell me about Yitzhak Brander. Yitzhak Brander is just amazing. What grade He's, is he in? Yitzhak. Yitzhak. Oh, let me, let, let me actually give you a microphone that works. There you go. What grade are you in? Eighth. Going into eighth? Yeah. And are you set to graduate in Israel? Um, yeah. Are you excited about that? I am. What do your classmates say? Are they upset that you're missing the uh, big graduation here in the U.S.? Um, I'm not really sure. <laughs> they, made, they made an unbelievable surprise party for him. Uh, a yeah. away surprise party that he had no clue or basically no clue that was happening. And they have invited, Rabbi Hagler has invited him back for graduation. Oh, that's for nice. the graduation trip, so we'll have to decide. Excellent. At least have do. the offer on the table. Yes. Yitzhak Brander, how did you feel the first time that it became obvious that your parents were really serious about moving to Israel? Um, it didn't really hit me at first, 
Um, but once I started realizing that it was actually happening, I got nervous because it's weird to start over with new friends and a new language. But then I got really excited because, well, my families have always, t my family's always taught me to love Israel. So it was exciting to find out that I was going to move there. Amazing. And how's this flight for you? Are you nervous, excited, tired? Uh, how would you describe how you are um, right now? A little bit of everything. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm also nervous because, uh, like I said, it's a new language, right. new people. Um, I'm also tired, <laughs> um, but I I'm excited. That, that, that last minute packing could be exhausting, right? Yeah. <laughs> because he just came home from camp uh, yesterday. <laughs> that takes care of that. Final word, Robert Brander. How's Yitzhak Brander going to do on this whole journey? Yitzhak Brander is going to do great. It's not going to be easy, but uh, sometimes the most important journeys aren't. And uh, we'll be there to support him, and he'll be there to support us. And we have children in Israel that are going to look out for him. Uh, and he has a nephew in Israel that is looking forward to spending more time with him. And uh, it will be wonder wonderful together. And uh, we look forward to continuing to get great nachas from Yitzchak as we have for the past 13 years. Everybody, Brander, Hatzlacharaba to Thank you. Thank you, Nachum. You're a hero. Thank and now for another reason, sweet. you're on the plane to Israel. Thank you. Rabbi Kenneth Brander, everybody, of course, the leader of our Torah Stone following the tradition of Rabbi Riskin, who is so dear to us as well. And um, and we will have plenty of conversations with Rabbi Brander coming up, of course, in the course of our uh, broadcasts. He and his family are on this plane, and they are heading to the Holy Land. You're listening to JM in the AM on a, uh, in a unique forum on the flight of Nefesh B'Nefesh Olim, 232 of them, uh, all the way from North America to Israel. A record number of children on this flight, those who are under 17 years old, like Yitzchak Brander, who you just saw, uh, or you just heard uh, on the uh, broadcast. And um, uh, anybody under 17 is counted in that number, and there are 127, 127 uh, children on this flight who are now uh, going to be living in Israel in different areas. It is absolutely remarkable. JM and the AM in a an incredible week of broadcasts for us. Nothing like journeying to the Holy Land to broadcast from the Holy Land. And certainly there is nothing... There's nothing... <laughs> something, something just happened. <laughs> something just happened. For the first time in the history of NBN flights that we've been on, Rabbi Fass is actually falling asleep on my shoulder. Imagine that. No. We've gotten that close where now he's falling asleep tiring from exhaustion right here next to me. Uh, it is with great pleasure, and I apologize for not playing his theme song, or I should say their theme song, but they're actually very thankful that I'm not playing the theme song. Rabbi Fass has never gotten used to the fact that he has a theme song. Uh, they are the co-founders and those who are responsible for 57,000 people leaving North America in the last 18 years to move to Israel. They are responsible for this incredible aliyah an aliyah that moments ago, Rabbi Brander, who you both know from Boca, compared to Ezra and Nehemiah. He actually made the association of Rabbi Josh and Tony with two of the great prophets in Jewish history. That is quite significant. Ladies and gentlemen, you know who they are, Rabbi Yoshua Fass, Tony Gelbart. They are on the flight for the 58th 
time. Am I correct, gentlemen, that neither of you has ever missed a charter flight from North America to Israel? Am I right or wrong? No, I I missed one. One. But but truthfully, you're 57 and yes, one. But hold on a second. But truthfully, <laughs> on on one day there were three planes landing, so it would be impossible to be in all those three planes. Also. Wow. So, but yes, uh, I missed one. Pretty remarkable, though. It's a good record, Tony. Pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty amazing. Better than my right. baseball record, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Rabbi Fass, you have a perfect record or not? What did your uh, What's yeah, your, what's I've been on your uh, status is fifty-eight and zero. I'm working. You're on still it, yeah. a game ahead of Tony. Is One, that right? and I hold it over him. He's a young man. <laughs> in every <laughs> conversation. A young man, he can handle it. You know. We have discussed countless times, and why not? It's so exciting. The birth of this organization, Rabbi Brander's take on it was great moments ago because he got a sort. He had he had sort of the angle of overseeing all of this as it was happening down in Boca, a Shabbos afternoon conversation, if I have it right, maybe it was Shabbos morning, that started the effort to uh, to get to this point, and I can't imagine that you ever imagined that you would be at this point, where the number 57,000 is just casually mentioned by a radio announcer from New York, where all these flights now are taken for granted that there'll be a charter in July, there'll be a charter in August, and in addition to that, a total of 2,000 people each year between charter flights and group flights. Just and in the summer. Is 2,000 only a summer number? A summer of course. It That's only a summer number for group and charter? Sure. Holy cow. I've been misinforming this audience. What penalty am I now responsible for? What happens to me? You get moved back to seat. What is the 12-month total number of Olim in group and charter flights? Well, it's 4,000 a year. 4,000 a year. So and it's only in an eight-week period is 2,000 people. Amazing. The whole thing is incredible. Uh, and, and what's funny, and so many thoughts come back to me from the beginnings of all of this, how often did I say to Rabbi Fast in the early days, you know, this whole spurt of Aliyah, it's going to be the people that really, really want to go, but you know it's going to really slow down at some point because, you know, you're getting those that have been dreaming about this for years. Why has that not been the case, Rabbi? Now we're forcing people to move. <laughs> we have exhausted all those who willingly wanted to move. It's the old Boca now method. It's, now huh? it's plan B. No, there's, <laughs> there's a conveyor belt of religious Zionist expression um, that uh, communities thankfully uh, invest in. And it's school and camp and uh, seminar and yeshivot in Israel. And which produces a certain amount of, of product, of per se, if you want to say, that are interested in making Aliyah. We are going out and we actively go to communities to make sure that people understand the true narrative and the possibilities and the opportunities that there are in Israel. And that takes people who are sitting or always sitting on the fence to actually make that leap of faith to move. That's why 30 states or whatever the exact number yeah. is are represented on a flight like you this. Also right? have a lot of family members, extended family members, right. continue. You know, a father, like I said this afternoon before we left or this morning, you know, a father and a you know, mother and a grandmother and a say, you know, sister or brother say good, you know, say good, you know, goodbye, say Litro, because at the end of the day, you'll follow them. And that's a lot, too. But it's, it's a wellspring of people. You know, the, the, the issue that we see always is um, I think there's more people than, than we can handle at this point. More people that want that, to make yeah, Aliyah yeah, that we can than you as an organization can handle at yes. this point. Well, that, it sounds... There's, there's, I, there, there's the only reason caveat. I'm pausing is there's, because there's it's, that, that sounds scary to some of us. That sounds like... Well... 
I, I rarely disagree, debate, with, disagree with Mr. Grover. <laughs> no, the, the organization systematically is created to, to really handle around 10,000 OLIM a year. Um, our systems are there, our staff compartmentalize and have a certain ratio of TKIM per staff, and we're equipped for that. Um, I do think that there is a certain amount of OLIM that we will love to help, but I think the, the pull in Israel also, they need to fix a few things, and I think this is what wow. Mr. Gelbot was yeah, referring to. It. There's certain, we're equipped as an institution, I think the state of Israel is not equipped, right? Thank very you. Good. Okay. Very good, I'm so glad you brought that up. Very Look, it's good a touchy point. subject. I get but that. It, but, it, but it's, you know, after 17 years of yeah. doing this, we can get the touchy subjects. Yeah, of you course. Know, it's about time. 100%. You know, it, you know, if the government really puts a push behind it, it'll be amazing. One would think, and now I'm really prying into areas that I have no right to pry, but I'll say it and you'll tell me if you have a comment or not. One would think that this government, because of the nature of its relationship with the American government, with the American Jewish people, with its desire generally to spend when it comes to Aliyah, you would think that they would be totally behind this effort and doing what they can to make it work even better, but comment or no comment? Look, I'll, I'll answer it with a question with a question. Okay. You know how we should <laughs> that know sounds fair. It's, 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 there's no you know answer that I'll give you straightforward, but I can tell you this. Um, this is an organization. I believe we do great work and people say that. You can look around and judge it for yourself. Sure. I won't be the judge of it. But I can also tell you that if you look and you understand it's an organization that's run with financial support. Right. The more financial support you have, the more awareness you can give right. to the people out there in the United States, Canada, and wherever. You're. And you could say, listen, these are the possibilities for you in Israel. So the more, you know, financial oomph we have, the better the message, the more the message, the, you know, the routine of the message, you know, pilot trips, all kind of things could be done. To, to bolster what we want to do. Phenomenal. Tony Gelbart, Rabbi Yoshua of Hess are both here, co-founders of Nefesh Benefesh. Oh, this is great material. I think the message that, that, that this program has conveyed to people for decades is that when the resources are there, amazing things can happen in the Jewish world. And this is an example of that. The more we pour into efforts like this, the more incredible numbers we're going to be witnessing every summer and every single right. year. And what you just said, and what I was trying to say, is that there's a lot of Jewish organizations. Oh, that yes. If money went to those organizations, you would see phenomenal work with cohesiveness and understanding of each other. It's just amazing. That accelerated efforts. It, you would see what, what, be, what could be done. 100%. Fantastic. Um, you know, I think I've asked you this uh, on, on previous planes, as strange as that sounds. Um, it, it, we know that now Nefesh Benefesh enjoys a certain amount of uh, entree into areas of Jewish life, including the government of Israel. That was not the case 17, 18 years ago, right? Uh, quite obviously. True. Uh, what, what was the encounter? When you look back, what was the encounter between you as a lay leader and a government official in Israel or someone with tremendous means and influence that made a difference, that got Nefesh Benefesh from year one to two or from two, year two to three, you know, to, to really start to roll, to eventually become this? There are milestones. I think if you had to pinpoint certain historical milestones of the organization's history, 2005, when uh, Prime Minister Sharon decided to to fund a private organization with the the lifeblood of of, of Israel's immigration, was a watershed event. 
um, to three years in. Yeah, which was incredible. And in 2008, when the Jewish Agency signed a historic agreement with Nefesh to basically give us the keys to North American Aliyah, let them still retain the eligibility and the right of return, thank God, and right. let Nefesh be really the face um, of, of Aliyah in North America. That was also historic. Uh, even in 2010, when we signed a contract with FIDF and the Army to start handling lone soldiers. So there are certain, every few years, there was this critical historical moment that uh, gave us a little bit more muscle, a little bit more gravitas within the government, which allowed us to have uh, more muscle or inroads to actually make more of a difference for the old Has man. there been a 2018 milestone? Has there been something significant in the last few months that that our listeners would appreciate? Wow, that that's yet another notch in the belt for Nefesh Benefesh, another step in an amazing direction. Yeah, um, quietly in 2018, am, am I allowed to say this? Well, in 2017, we signed a contract last year with Kakao for Go Beyond, right. which allows us to, to start steering the uh, Olim to opportunities in the North and South, which is remarkable. Even on this flight itself, we have a third of That's the flight the numbers going, going to the periphery, which beforehand, when we started Nefesh in 2002 to 2005, you can count that on a hand how many people moved to the North. And now we're bringing hundreds of people a, a year, and so far, in with this catalyst of cacao funding and partnership we brought thousands to the periphery and it changes the dynamic of communities you go to communities up north and south and you start hearing english and you're seeing businesses open you see just uh, the, the the workforce that's happening uh, it, it's really remarkable so that i think in 2017 was was also a, a huge moment with our cacao partnership and in 2018 also people don't know that close to a thousand people um, North Americans make Aliyah in Israel. It's called guided Aliyah. Right. People come as extended tourists or they come on B1 visas for working and then after they've tried it out for a certain amount of time they want to change their status and they want to be permanent Israeli citizens. So instead of flying back to America, packing up a virtual home then making Aliyah through a flight, we change their status in Israel. Very few people in America know that we actually have a Ministry of Interior office in our office in Jerusalem. <laughs> and once a month, Olim come into our office, have their nice ragalach. We take care of them uh, with all the bureaucracy eliminated. And within a few hours, they get there to Dazihut. What is another watershed event that happened in 2018 is that the government allowed us to do the biometric passports within our office, which is over the top. There's a machine in the office that oh, does yes. that? Yes, we had uh, changed all the security in our office with cameras and safes and vaults, and, and once a month we pull out the biometric machines and people can get their passports and, uh, and their tudazihu, their IDs, which is a crazy concept when you think of just the level of trust and the level of security that, uh, that the government of Israel entrusts Nefesh. So it's, that's pretty darn cool. And that, that itself will give us um, continued muscle within the government. Simply Look, unbelievable. I think, I think you can, we've learned something here and everybody can learn something here. That when we started, people thought we were crazy. The yep. highest levels in the government of Israel to the person on the street thought we were nuts. And you know, um, little by little, and struggling, um, you don't have to convince anybody by talking to them. It's not what you say, it's what you do. And while we did what we did, without saying too much, people started to understand that 
this is a real movement and it's going to happen and it continue to happen. Thank God that's that's the end. That's what happened. So, you know, I used to say to to uh, Josh, Rabbi Fass, I still say it today, you know, when you started, you know, uh, you know, failure's an orphan, but success has many fathers. And thank God today we have a lot of fathers. And we've been able to do these partnerships with Rabbi Fass that just spoke about with major important Jewish organizations in Israel and, and the U.S. Uh, to partner with them because they all see the important work that we're doing and we see the important work that they're doing. So we combine efforts and that's how you have Am Israel. That's the nation of Israel. Yeah, we, t- we, we talk about unity. People don't realize how difficult sometimes that unity is. And believe me, we got it on this plane. Yeah, that's for you sure. You can see it on all the 58 planes. Just look amazing. At, look at the people on here. You'll see unity. Another piece of good news. Every time you're on, you both claim you're still dreaming. You both claim you still toss around ideas that, you know, you one would think at this point, you know, you're ready to relax a bit and let the staff move this along and let thousands of people move under your umbrella to uh, the land of Israel. But it's not like that. Because people think that we've reached a level of sanity, so we have to prove them wrong. <laughs> that we reached what? Sanity. Sanity. So we have to push that needle I didn't understand what crazy. he said. I couldn't hurt. I didn't understand. I no. word. It's not in my vocabulary. I didn't want to suggest, God forbid, that one might think you're insane if that would happen. But I do want to suggest that it's for the benefit of the Jewish people that these dreams continue. Uh, The ideas that the two of you continue to bandy about, one day, most likely, if your track record continues the way it's gone, are going to be, uh, you know, come to fruition and help the Jewish people progress, which is pretty cool, I must say. So, Well, I can assure you that we speak on a daily basis. Um, a daily basis, you know, even you know, Motzei Shabbat in the middle of the night, it's, it's, or when he when he wakes up at four o'clock or five o'clock and calls me, um, and we talk about things all the time, every day. It's been sixteen years. Every we, single day. We, we rarely miss a day. Yeah. Whole thing is unbelievable. We rarely miss a day of talking. I'll use the opportunity with the two of you here to remind our audience that if they want to start an Aliyah application. Or if they want to inquire or start thinking about this entire process, no matter where they may be listening in North America, it's an easy way to do it. They can go to the website, nbn.org.il. Very easy procedure. I was joking earlier that I used to go to the website all the time 10 years ago just to see what my sal cleta would be. Like, you have a calculator there, you know? I, I was just curious. <laughs> Is it worth it this much? <laughs> yeah, if we moved today, what would happen, you know? Once I had triplets, by the way, boy, that, that, the figure just blew up. It was amazing. And, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> exactly. On that money, why not? And then, of course, the phone number, 866-4-ALIAH, 866-4-ALI. Y-A-H. I thank both of you. Any final words? Anything I, w- I want to ask you some questions. Yeah, but, oh, go right ahead, sir. Which number flight is this for you? We're thinking seven. We're thinking seven. We're thinking falia, as we call it, or mm. fake aliyah for the seventh time. Twice in 2014 when we were invited to be part of the quote-unquote regular charter and the one that was in the middle of the war. So seventh time. Seven's a magic number in Judaism, you know. Mm. Really? Yeah. Do you f- see that there's a different flavor on the different flights? Well, there's no question every flight has its own personality. Uh, I frankly, um, you know, this one is so family-oriented. This flight is, you know, more strollers and baby carriages than any other flight I think I've seen before. Obviously, you've told told us about the uh, statistics, the children, 127 children, the most most ever on a charter flight. So this has a very family-oriented atmosphere. In fact, with that in mind, I was shocked 
to see the list of states that are represented. Yeah. When I think families want to make Aliyah, I'm thinking that group is really going to be New York, New Jersey, Florida centric. And yet, the list is 30 states or you know exactly whatever number it is, which I think is pretty remarkable. And what's also remarkable, those people coming from the 30 states are going to at least 30 places I in know, Israel. that's unbelievable. This, what is it, 88, I think it says on your list? 88 going beyond? 88, yeah. which is 232 people, 88 of them going to the periphery, as you described earlier, is simply remarkable. Just when we, Since we've uh, surpassed 57,000 people, I think by the end of the year will be over 58,000. But uh, someone mentioned to us uh, last year, I think, that at any group of 100 people in Israel, one of them could be assured as being a nefesh oleh, which is an incredible statistic. So I never when you walk through the country, we see the nefesh hat all the time. Um, and and people run over to us, and and you think about it, just statistically, it's remarkable. The more that we bring, talk about transforming the Jewish future. For those who believed that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel, who believes that? For those who believed it, they had an opportunity and took advantage of it to go with you on nefesh benefesh over the last eighteen years. And there's always still an opportunity. There's sixteen no, years, excuse me, sixteen years. And there's always an opportunity. I know. And one day, Faliyah will hopefully be Aliyah. Hopefully. But that's the, that's the story as of that. That's, I just the, say, that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. No, I want to say thank you for doing what you do now. Thank you, Tony. Thank you very much. It's important. It's meaningful. You have a great audience. And, and, and they, they're personable. You know, they, they take to heart what you say, and they listen. So you have a great audience, and, and we're so proud to have you on this flight. And we want to make it the 8th, the 9th, and 10th flight. <laughs> thank Keep you. Keep on coming. Thank you very much. I'm going to unabashedly say, now that you've brought that up, that there are people on these flights that have given me whatever percentage credit for encouraging them to move to Israel. In fact, I'll never forget when the Wassermans, who are now in Efrat, you, yeah. know, you know them well, sure. came to the JM and the AM studio the day before their Nefesh flight, total surprise, I had no idea they were coming, to present me with a gift because they credited me with their Aliyah. And what it's more amazing. can I say? It's just... What a feeling. No, but for years, uh, to your credit, it hasn't just been a, a bastion of Zionism and connectivity or a passionate connection to Israel, but you have been an authentic voice. Um, and you've shared your struggle and your tension of having your heart in Israel, but yet the reality in, in the States. And I think if that resonates with individuals, it's very real to them. A lot of people sometimes when they have tension, um, they resolve that tension by ignoring that facet that's pulling them in another direction, but you've uh, not embraced the tension, but you've shared it in a very genuine way, and I think that's really impacted uh, thousands of people Thank um, you. in their journey. Thank you very, very much. This has been quite an inspirational session, I must say, and I appreciate you both very, very much. Rabbi Fast, Tony Gelbart. We're on your flight, and we thank you for that. Thank you for your shoulder. Thank I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> go back to sleep. I'll always give you a shoulder to rest on. Thank you both, gentlemen. Nefesh benefesh. I don't know how we're going to top that. I don't know how we're going to top that session. Um, both Tony Gelbart and Rabbi Yoshua Fass. Incredible. The whole thing just incredible. Um, I remind you that... Um, I remind you that the Nefesh Benefesh has a website, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, and 8664 Aliyah, 8664 Aliyah. 
Miriam Wallach, just mentioning to my producer for a moment, the, the you don't need that, for, just mentioning to you that because of our clock situation here, now we really need your clock. So I'm just letting you know that I don't have any anything in front of me anymore. So just keep that in mind. Okay, just like I've been pretty good about the clock. Yeah, no, I'm just letting you know. Okay. That I, I can't follow anymore because it's not a problem. Which I'll explain to you later. And now, here she is. Here she is. The lady who has been one of the most active JMNAM listeners and Nahum Single Network listeners for years, unabashedly. Somebody who takes great pride in being a listener. Somebody who made sure to introduce her children to us at JFK Airport. Somebody who hails from a family that cares about two things primarily. Israel and baseball. So how bad could she be? I mean, my gosh. <laughs> At one time, she was known as Daniela Hallstuck. And today, I said that for Seth Gordon's benefit when he finds out that Hallstuck <laughs> is sitting next to me. But right now, she is Daniela Robinson. She is going with her family. If I have this right, is it New Haven Tefrat or West West Hartford Tefrat? West Hartford, Connecticut to Efrat. Today, today is Aliyah Day. Today will be the day that in the future, your kids and grandchildren are all going to remind you, hey, Safta, this is the day that we made that big switch. Yeah. And that must be cool experiencing this day like yeah. this with your family. It's interesting thinking that that's, you know, Mr. Shem, years from now, we'll look back and think of that. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. It's more thinking of where we are now and, right. and the transformational experience that my entire family um, is going through. I'm not the first one on, on my family to make Aliyah, Baruch Hashem, I've had three cousins that have made Aliyah, uh, one two years ago and two 14 years ago. Nice. But on my husband's side, we're the first. Um, and uh, it was a, clearly a very emotional departure, uh, saying goodbye to many relatives of ours that came to JFK. Um, but you Did know, your father handle it well? You know, people have asked for months, how are, how is everyone doing about this move? And the common answer is bittersweet, right? right. Baruch Hashem, our parents, my husband's parents and my parents are very proud of us uh, for making this move, this bold move. Yeah, they're going to miss us. So. Do they come to Israel a lot? Like, is, are they the types of parents where you'll hopefully be able to see them once in a while? My parents, yes, for sure. Baruch uh, Hashem, hopefully Avi's parents will be able to come more very frequently nice. too. So. And you'll be living in Efrat. Yes. Do you know what neighborhood? Zayit. You'll be in Zayit. Yeah. Oh, boy. I remember when Zayit was just starting. <laughs> and now it's a booming area, isn't it? Amazing. And the fact that they now have a uh, northern gate to Efrat helps a lot. It used to be you had to go all the way around oh. to get to Zayit. Now it's much closer. Yeah, Efrat was the place that I always dreamed about, actually being in, being there and broadcasting from there, etc. I mentioned earlier my affinity, my love for Rabbi Riskin. Of course, he's the chief rabbi of Efrat. Uh, anyway, I'm waxing nostalgic because I speak to you here today. How many children do you have? Four. How are they doing? What ages? How are they doing with this whole journey? So my eldest is Chaya. She's almost nine, going into fourth grade. And then I have boy-girl twins, Avigal and Yehuda. They're five and a half, going into kindergarten, or as we call it, Mechina. Right. In, uh, in Efrat. And then I have a toddler, Ayala, who's 19 months. All right, Thank so God I, she's sleeping now. I guess, yeah, you're lucky, by the way. <laughs> I guess the nine-year-old would be the one that would give... You know the if there would be major pushback, etc. But how has that experience been for? So thank God, Aliyah has been a topic of a conversation in our family for a few years now. So it was always on the table. My husband was important. It was important to him to put in the back of their minds and and start the conversation with 
Um, so um, this past year, um, Chaya's Hebrew blossomed so so well. Wow. And the day school in West Hartford, um, the Best in Paul Siegel Hebrew Academy. I'll give a plug for yeah, West Hartford. For those, that, uh, for those that want to stay in America, we I will always wear the West Hartford hat. If you remember two, three years ago, I was blessed right. to interview you. Right. Uh, be interviewed by you, I mean, um, at the OU, uh, OU Community Fair. Fair right? And so I wore my hat tooting West Hartford and I will always do that um, and the school had an amazing Hebrew language teacher that came to the school this year and she just blew, like, blew out of the water and Chaya's Hebrew blossomed so much so she got the accent down pack so we feel that almost like Hashem sent her to the school for her for Chaya amazing um, so thank God um, Jewish radio you can say does help influence people to concentrate on Israel. Uh, it has a, that potential. That's an understatement. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to give a nice plug to what we do at the same time. Stay as modest as possible. Oh, I, I can't remember if it was last year or two years ago. Avik and I were listening to this broadcast yeah. and having dreams and and about what it'll be like to be on the charter flight um, and just being so moved and inspired by your program that we were couldn't wait. For our turn. The old are heroes, and now you get to be on that list of heroes, which is pretty oh, cool. Thank you. Pretty remarkable, the whole thing, I'll tell you. How'd the neighbors in West Hartford deal with all this? Same thing. You know, they're proud, bittersweet. Um, Avi and I were very involved in the community. Is that where Rabbi Brander's the rabbi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was very hard for us to leave, too. And, and what was so sweet was that we had such a warm send-off. And the week we left, I cried so many tears when people just kept bringing us gifts and food and good wishes. And people, you know, we were friendly with, but we weren't like super close with. And it was so touching that people went out of their way to wish us well um, when, when, you know, they were proud of us for doing what we're doing. And we, they wanted to thank us for all the work that we did for How many years are you there? Almost six. Very cool. Wow. Well, to the Robinson family, we say uh, Mazal Tov. Thank you. Mazal Tov. Daniela, we wish you the best. I cannot wait <laughs> to visit you in Efrat because I always say to people, you know, visit you, visit you. But Efrat is a place we really actually get to. So I would love to visit you, bring my family and say hi. We would love it. And see your new digs. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> Mazal Tov to you and our best to the entire family. Thank you. There she is. We knew we'd speak to her on this flight. Uh, that's Daniela Robinson. And she is remarkable and has a fantastic family. And now they're going to be in Efrat, Israel, because of their commitment, knowing that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. Well, Nikki Schreiber is here. Nikki Schreiber is a real celeb. I better <laughs> sit up straight and come to attention now. We've got somebody here who's in control of the whole social media world. Nikki Schreiber, you may know her from Humans of Judaism. A site, a social media platform, maybe is the best way to say it, that has had quite a, uh, has made quite an impression. It's quite an effect on the Jewish world. I welcome you to the show. Thank you. Can Thanks I for assume me. it's the first time you've been on a Nefesh Benefesh flight? That is an accurate assumption and a charter, no less. Now, <laughs> yeah, the charter is right. Yeah, the group flights are, are ones we don't like to, to neglect <laughs> to mention. The yeah. charter is simply amazing. Um, would it be fair to say that your social media presence is dominated by photos. Would that be an accurate way of uh, portraying it? Pretty accurate. The photos and the story behind them. Behind right. the photos. Therefore, today, and by today I mean what happened to JFK and what's happening on this plane, what types of scenes 
shots, photos are striking your fancy about this flight? So we have some interesting passengers on this flight, aside from present company included. <laughs> um, the person standing in front of me before I was uh, checking in uh, security was uh, was the Lieberman family. Mm. So that was quite exciting. Senator's daughter. Senator's daughter is making Aliyah and just an absolutely lovely family. And they're just regular people, just like the rest of us Jews, making Aliyah, moving. And uh, he was here as a father. So it was really just rather cool to meet them. And... Uh, there's just I couldn't ima I couldn't believe that there are uh, there are pets on this flight. Yeah, there are there are Olin that are pets. I was just like now I really feel bad. So we got we got dogs making Aliyah. I haven't done so yet. It was, it was very <laughs> impressive. Um, no, but there's just such a. Um, a broad group of different people who are on the flight and I want to hear all of their stories so in terms of pictures it was just really capturing the group shots and then the individuals I mean we had a, a suitcase on here you just uh, oh. from the rabbi before was uh, incredible I don't know how I did not remember to speak with him about it but again his grandfather yes right used that suitcase to arrive in America and now, and straight now, straight from the DP camp, correct? He said. From the DP mm -hmm. camp in World War II, and now that goes back to Israel. And with now them. it's going to Israel. I mean, that suitcase has made quite a trip. So it's also grabbing the picture of when I, I saw that come on the plane. I'm like, right. ah, let me grab that shot because um, I definitely needed to include it in the landscape of the pictures from this flight. You know, two of the photos or, or shots or scenes that always get me. Seeing the fathers bless their children who are making Aliyah, which was that is one of my favorites. That too. was dominating the scene at the end of the official ceremony. Mm -hmm. And the other one is watching the grandmothers bend down to the strollers <laughs> and kissing and hugging their grandchild for the last time for a while, obviously. I mean, they're, yeah. they're heading to Israel now, so it's going to be a few days, if not more, <laughs> until they see them. And uh, those things are just, you know, heartwarming and, uh, and amazing. They are, because you know what's interesting is you just look to the different families that are on the trip and... They kind of look like my family, right. and or they look like my family who's made Aliyah in the past. And it's just nice seeing the different faces from different places, just all doing the same thing, living the dream, <laughs> heading it. there, and especially humbling. I think I heard somebody saying uh, on a previous interview, I'm, I'm sitting behind the studios here. So I heard um, about someone who made Aliyah on Tishbev, and I couldn't stop thinking all Tishbev about how profound it is that we were heading to Israel this week, and I was going into Tishbev with. Um, you know, sadness about what we've lost, but gratitude about our abilities and what we can do today in this generation. It's incredible. Nikki Schreiber's here, Humans of Judaism. What, 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 what post or, or photo or, or episode put you on the map? What, what were you looking back? What, were you, what do you think really had a major impact it, out there, made a real impression on the Jewish world? Um, well, I had, it was really just the takeoff of when I started it because um, I was in Avelis for my father and I started it in June of 2014, which the real takeoff was just the fact that that summer that I was trying to put out good content for the community, quality positive, it was the summer that Gilad, Ayal, and Naftali were um, kidnapped in a Corporation right. Protective Edge and it was quite an emotional summer to say the least for those who remember it, obviously. Um, so that just kicked off it seeming like it's popular. By the end of the summer, I had 10,000 Instagram followers and Shabbat Project was reaching out, different organizations were reaching out. Um, but I definitely, I think I mentioned it on the last time I was on, uh, when I was on with Miriam um, interviewing was, 
it has to be, and I and I know my father was smiling, it has to be when Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> reposted um, <laughs> my article about him visiting Israel. Right. Um, so it was just so profound where I was just uh, blown away because the ultimate Jew <laughs> in the ultimate place. It was my like trifecta of pictures. It was the IDF. He was. It was Jerry Seinfeld. It was Israel. And the fact that he reposted my retelling of his, of that moment on his own Twitter and Facebook was beyond profound. Uh, that was pretty mappy. <laughs> I would very, say that, very that, cool. that, that was on the map, I would say. Very cool. Um, but yeah, that was really one of the... And then the other one was actually... Um, it's also, uh, with the internet, it's fascinating because something that you don't even plan, you would think, you know, um, to go viral, you just don't expect it. And one of my most unusual posts went viral. Um, it was a French Holocaust survivor. It was a woman speaking in French. It was a subtitled four-minute video. And... Um, it was viewed over like 20, 30 million times. It just, I don't know how it took off, but on humans it was just shared so many times. That was a profound moment because that started bringing new followers to the page right. because they started to see this. And they do, and people do appreciate retelling these stories and hearing what it is and it captures. It's amazing, all these media help control the mood of the world. All these media can tell us tell us great heartwarming stories, can be very damaging as we know. and They can and they can. And that's why it's funny because I focus on the positive because I think that also even in the comment section, it's so easy to get it wrapped up and it's infectious to say, oh, I thought it was this. Or, you know, I always use the example, I can post the picture of a sunset and there's always going to be one person who's going to say, you know, <laughs> the sun causes skin cancer. <laughs> so you have to also set the table correctly and into Anticipate some of the bizarre feedback, um, <laughs> but monitor it to maintain that kind of more positive environment because there are some pages that like to capitalize on the yucky stories in the yeah. community that are easy to indulge in. That is an understatement. Nikki yeah. Schreiber, Humans of Judaism, best way uh, is on all the social media platforms that search right. Humans of Judaism. Just look for Humans of Judaism. It's that simple or go to humansofjudaism.com. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. Enjoy the flight. Thank you. It is uh, quite an amazing flight, that's <laughs> for sure. Uh, JM and the AM on this Wednesday morning broadcast. We are on the plane. That's right, on the plane. Is it possible to broadcast a show from a plane? We've proven it yet again. Here we are as we broadcast our JM and the AM Wednesday show. I want to remind everybody we're going to be heading to uh, Latrune, Yom NCSY, on Wednesday night, which means that on Thursday morning's JM and the AM, you'll be able to enjoy those three hours. We'll be with the NCSY summer programs on Thursday night, which means that'll be Friday morning's JM and the AM. And of course, we head to Camp Ask on Sunday. We are looking forward to that. And anybody out there who wants to include a shout out of any variety, of any type, um, for Hask, just uh, email us with the with the um, subject line. Excuse me, subject line shout out Hask. And uh, if you want to do so with NCSY for our shows that we'll be recording on Wednesday and Thursday. Then it's um, then it's um, shout out NCSY, shout out NCSY in the subject line email address nachum at nachumsegel.com n a c h u m at n a c h u m s e g a l dot com. Noah and Inbal Fingerman. I hope that's pronounced correctly. Is it? They join me. This is a unique and very interesting combination that we have here on the air. Yes. Now, who's Noah? I am. This is Noah. She is a very, very, very recent Ola, right? Like sure. m like minutes ago, yep. right? <laughs> here on the Nefesh Benefesh flight. Um, and Inbal, 
yes. is not only an ola to Israel in the year, what year? Uh, 2011. In the year 2011. Originally from where? Were you guys from originally? We're from Maryland. From Maryland. But now she is a flight attendant for El Al Israel Airlines. That is correct. And today, she's the flight attendant on the flight that her sister is making Aliyah, which I'm sure is a first, I would bet. Yeah, a first, and hopefully, I don't know, I guess it will be the last unless my little sister, the <laughs> youngest one, also makes Aliyah. I'm somehow I'll surprise her as well. <laughs> now, am I taking you away from your responsibilities right now? Are you nervous that you shouldn't be taking time to speak with us for a minute or two, or are you okay? I think everybody's cozy back there. Everybody's like watching their movies. They're they just had their meal. They're settling down. I think all the adrenaline is kind of like going down from the fact that they're going. They made Aliyah, right. so I think it's okay if I steal two minutes of uh, of their time for you. Now we we how long have you been a flight attendant? I've been a flight attendant for almost a year. Now we always talk about the difference between this flight and other flights. We've had the privilege of being on many Alal flights. In fact, I may have met you before on one of these Alal flights. Uh, but to you, the flight attendant, specifically from a service angle, how different is this flight from a regular one? If, in fact, it is different. Um, I wouldn't say this flight is that different, except for the fact that it's very exciting. I think all the passengers are super excited. Um, they're obviously making a huge change in their life. I was sitting on the jump seat waiting to take off and the passenger in front of me she started crying wow. and I started tearing up as well because I knew how much of a big deal I knew exactly where she was sitting because I sat there in 2011 and I felt that exact same feeling that she was feeling and she was just crying and she didn't I don't think she th saw me that I saw her but I did and I teared up it was uh, it was really beautiful one difference might be that this is the largest number of children to ever be on an Efesh Benefesh flight. Do you feel it walking the aisles back there? I do. I do feel it. But then again, I love kids. I know exactly, you know, they, they kind of have a, they're in their own world. That's right. fine. I get it. And like, the truth is, plane, and the truth is in your job, there's always challenging situations with kids, whether yeah. there's 10 or whether there's 100, yeah, doesn't matter. It's, it's challenging, but as long as you know your work, as long as you know how to take care of everything, get the job done, and then you're fine. Right. <laughs> Noah, where are you heading to in Israel? Uh, when I land, I'm going to Haifa to see my grandma, but nice. I'll be in between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Do you know where you'll be living yet? Oh, yes. I'm going to be living in Kibbutz Gazi, um, by Fula. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's way up north. Oh, yeah. Um, the, whole, the whole thing is amazing. And, and there is a video, official video, which Correct. I'm sure is going to be made public, of the fact that Noah, your sister, had no idea you were working this flight. Did you even ask months ago, like, hey, of are you on course. this? You asked. Of course. Are you I on the like, schedule are you for it? On it? Are you requesting it? This is my flight. You better be on it. And she yeah. was like, the schedule came out. I didn't get on it. I'm going to try and switch and get on it. And I was like, okay, get on it. And she said she couldn't. Did you have any suspicions that she still might be here? or? I don't know. I, I really didn't expect. I was shook. I was just shocked. Um, I don't I thought maybe there's a chance, but after asking her a few weeks ago, I continuously asked her like every other day, and she kept saying like she's trying, she's trying, and then I just lost I hope. <laughs> I love the story. I think it's amazing, the whole thing. I'm good, aren't I? Yeah, there was a, it was a great surprise, great secret keeping, and yes, the video was, it was wonderful. Hard. Yeah. Uh, soon you'll be able to just search Noah and Inbal Fingerman, and you'll be able to see that video, I'm sure, everywhere, everybody. So make sure to check it out. Oh my it's, God. It's a, it's a nice reunion of the flight attendant and her sister on her Aliyah flight. Any tips you would give 
to those who fly on a regular basis. You probably hear every complaint. People my size are always complaining to you in the galley about the comfort or sometimes lack thereof for somebody who's six and a half feet tall. Uh, any advice you would give to anybody who's a regular flyer from your perspective? Um, just because, it, in my opinion, and like why I'm a flight attendant is because I love flying. I I don't know why I enjoy the actual flight. So you have to think about it that way. You're you're going somewhere. Right. It doesn't matter if you're going home or if you're going to a different destination that you haven't been to or a destination that you've been to again. There's a purpose for the flight. So the whole time it should be just exciting. I and, hear that. And as much as it may be a little uncomfortable, it's not you know it's not fresh air. But your next your next flight is when. My next flight is... How many days are you in Israel now? Um, I'm pretty sure I'm on standby for... Depending on their needs. Yeah, like, there's always, like, one time right. a month where you could be standby. So maybe right. I'll get, like... They'll tell me to go somewhere And not to get, not to get too personal, but I have this insatiable curiosity. Yeah. When you're in New York, you're always in the same location, or it could be different hotels in different places? Um, There's different locations, but I also like to visit Maryland if I'm in New York. Ah, right. So it's really fun to just, like, hop home. Right. So you'll run down <laughs> see there. See the family. And right. then Because typically you have two, three days off, right? Typically yes, you would have a yes, period. Yes, we have time to rest. Amazing. I think your life is fascinating. I could interview you for two hours. <laughs> I think it's fascinating, the whole thing. And well, the, fact have, that, the fact that... The fact you enjoy it the way you do. I'm sorry? Yes, I, I enjoy it. No, I'm saying we have how many hours now for the flight? We have about... A few more. Six yeah, a few or so. more. We can, we can keep going. Yeah, we should keep going. You're right. <laughs> no, I know in Balfingerman, I will say mazal tov to you. Thank and you. I can say mazal tov to you. Why Thank not? Thank you. Yes. Amazing. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you for having Much us. Much appreciated. Amazing. There they are. Sisters. One Aliyan 2011. Flight attendant with Al Al. And guess what? Surprised her sister by being the flight attendant on her Aliyah flight light here um, with El Al um, and just amazing. Great guests here at JM in the AM. Uh, we have now I believe this is the first time <laughs> I believe this is the first time that we have ever interviewed in any forum. I have to really think. It is 35 years after all. I'd have to really think. But I believe it's the first time that we've interviewed in any forum somebody who claims to be a former Mennonite. Would that be accurate? Correct. A former Mennonite. Akiva Hollinger. I assume your name is not always Akiva. Uh, that is correct. Okay. Should I ask or not? Uh, my former name was Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, you are actually going south, meaning you'll be living in the southern part of Israel. Correct. You are from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yes. Now, our whole experience, again, we come back to camp, our whole experience with the Mennonite community um, was, that, uh, was that there were certain areas that we would spend the summer months in, uh, whether it was near Allentown, Pennsylvania, uh, Route 15, Sparta, New Jersey, in uh, that area. Yes. You're familiar with that area, yes. right? That is a Mennonite-heavy <laughs> area, correct? Correct. So we used to travel to Route 15, Route 206, go to back roads up to the Poconos, you know. And I know that that was an area that your community uh, at the time was uh, was part of. And now, in fact, up in uh, Guilford, New York, Oxford, New York, in that area, there are now um, uh, members of the community. Uh, at some point, do you mind asking if I ask you how old you are? I'm just curious for the purposes of this conversation. Take a guess. Not 37. You're 37. <laughs> at some point, you, I, I guess, based on my notes, and I'm taking a guess here, based on my notes, you, you left what would we call what? Mennonitism? Or Correct. Men and, and you converted to Judaism? Correct. Or you converted to, how long ago was that? Uh, a year and a half. A year and a half ago. Yes. How did you discover Judaism? Uh, that, 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 there's a t long 
process in that. Um, I would say closely discovered it probably about five years ago, four years ago. Which personalities that I might have heard of had an influence on your discovering Judaism? Uh, you ever hear of New Square, New York? I certainly have. Um, Spent a lot of time with the Square Rebbe up there. Well, um, I actually raised chickens for the Rebbe. And because your chickens are what? That he can't go get regular kosher chickens? It was just the way they wanted them raised. Interesting. Um, I worked at a chick hatchery at the time. And In what city, if I may ask? Uh, Quakertown, Pennsylvania. Okay. Which is just about 40 minutes south of Allentown. Right. Um, so they were having some problems and so I opted to give it a try and see if I could get a better chicken for them and we were successful and really connected with um, uh, Rabbi Natuli Lauber there in New Square and got to meet the Rebbe once so that was kind of the onset they're the, actually the ones that directed us to Allentown um, as I started to inquire more um, they would come down through in Dobbin and uh, that's how we got connected with Allentown there. Do you know what we know about that area? The Iron Pigs. That's oh, what that is true. <laughs> the, the baseball team. That's what we know uh, about that area. I know of it. I don't follow baseball. I'm a little, uh, it's a little bit too slow for me. So you're part of the Mennonite community, which to us means, and it's funny coming from us when we have our own communities that can be described this way, for us means isolated, um, somewhat somewhat living in the past when one looks at things from a 2018 uh, technological standpoint. Would that be accurate? Uh, partially. Partially. Partially, right. yeah. Um, we were not like the Amish. You know, we had electric, we had telephones, we had a car. Uh, we did not have a TV. Did women drive in your community? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, we live right next door to the Amish and, you know, horse and buggy people. Right. Uh, but, yeah. And, and you dressed in a way that neighbors would know you're noticeably Mennonite. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was definitely a significant de dress difference in that part of it. Uh, right. Like, you know, we didn't wear, you know, we wore, sh like, basically, like, shirts buttoned down the front. We didn't wear shorts. Right. Uh, modesty was very... Uh, at a high priority in the community. And um, again, this this journey to Judaism through Allentown, Pennsylvania, ends with, or starts with, one would say, conversion about 18 months ago. Correct. When does one take the leap from conversion, because remember, some of us have not taken this leap yet, <laughs> to Aliyah, to wanting to move to Israel? I would say probably four years ago, I actually came with uh, Rabbi Bolinsky from Allentown um, when they were having the last conflict with Gaza. And Summer he, of 2014. Right. And we had came over in August. He had come over. He had a mission trip to visit the wounded soldiers. And so I said, he made an, a public announcement uh, at Shockery's one morning. And I said, you know, I, I was not converted at the point we were, we were doing. I'm just... I'd come up for you were attending on, services uh, just on Sunday morning. I right. come up for Shakri's and Dafyomi. Get familiar with everything. Yeah, just to learn more about that in part. And uh, that Dafyomi is tough, huh? Well, <laughs> I enjoy it, and some of that maybe come back from my background, you know, for digging deep, right. you know, understanding what's what's a lot more to it. And I, I really enjoy that study. Um, and then uh, he went, uh, and at the end of Shakri's, he said, "Hey, I'm going to Israel on Wednesday." This was on Sunday. He goes, "Anybody want to come along?" And I'm like, uh, "You know what?" I can take some time off of work. I'll go. So I came for four days. And fell in love with the place? Uh, I, I absolutely did. It was, um, we spent a lot of time in uh, the one day, on Thursday we spent in, uh, down, we went down to, we visited two army bases and we went down to Beersheba. And I loved it. It was just, um, 
uh, I think a lot in uh, America you have a lot of people become you know not to put down but a lot of, a lot of them are doctors and lawyers you know I come from an agricultural background uh, my dad was a mechanic will you be working in agriculture in Israel uh, that'd be a, a, that's I'd like to, to get be back determined. Into it. Yeah, I'd like to get back into it possibly. Um, to start, I'm going to be a handyman mechanic just to familiarize myself with uh, the culture, the language. Where will you be life. living? Well, Fakim. Wow. So, um, so it, it's a lot more uh, culturally like somewhere I came from, you know, uh, down to earth. It's close to, to it's close to a rough area. Uh, it's close to towns that are being hit by rockets at times. Yeah. Uh, you know, different people did ask me about that. How do I feel about that? You know, they tell my children. I was like, I'm oh, sure I tell them about it. They know about it. But I think um, you, you teach them how to handle it. Um, you teach them how to uh, approach those circumstances without fear. If you fear something, then that's, that, the battle's already won for the enemy. Um, so you, you just, you're alert. You know what's going on. Aware of your surroundings. And uh, you don't let it detract from it. Akiva Hollinger is a former Mennonite. He's from Allentown, Pennsylvania. He's making Aliyah today. Uh, before I wish you a mazel tov and, and complete this conversation, I am curious what your neighbors, those who grew up with you, those who went to school with you, what are they thinking of this move today? Uh, they're, they're, I think I'd say a lot of them uh, probably are concerned. Um, some of them, you know, they're, they're, they're not sure. Um, Do you have a family? We do, yeah. My, my parents have been uh, very supportive. It's not without, you know, they're, it's like my, my father said, he says, uh, I don't want to see you leave, but he goes, uh, you know, he wished us the best. He right. wished us. Well, I meant that you on board with family. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have nine children. You have nine children all yeah. on the plane? All on the plane. You're uh, a family of 11 on the plane? Yes. Yep. So the oldest is 16, the youngest is nine months, uh, four boys, five girls. So Hashem has been very blessed, has blessed us very well. Miriam? Family of eleven on the plane. I just said to <laughs> let me let me let me tell Tani because I doubt he knows. Tani, family of eleven on the plane. <laughs> you know I'm joking. <laughs> Akiva, what a delight to meet you. It's a pleasure. What row are you in? Maybe I'll come say hi to everybody. Uh, we're back the whole way back at uh, 50, 50, 51. You're in fifty fifty. I'm going to try my best to see if I can say hi to everybody. Oh sure. Absolutely amazing. Kolakavod yeah, a mazel tov to you. Oh, I promised you a mazel tov. There it is. Mazel tov to you. <laughs> Okay. Thank you very, very much. Sure. Well, we've met some interesting people uh, on our Nefesh Benefesh journeys. Akiva is on that list of very interesting people with, um, for us, different and unusual backgrounds. And for us, an amazing commitment to the future of the Jewish people in the state of Israel. Yoni Halper's here. Those of you who are wondering, were we waiting till the last minute to get Yoni Halper on the air? The answer is no. He's with us with plenty of time to have a nice conversation. He's from Spring Valley. He's moving to Ramat Beit Shemesh. Welcome to the 58th Nefesh Benefesh charter flight. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am good. Are you here alone with family? Who's on the flight with you? No, not alone. I'm here with my wife, uh, Chai, or Rebecca, and our four kids. How's it going so far? Oh man, and this has been a lot of lead up to you know it's like the Olympics, a lot of preparation for like one you know one right. Um So yeah, we've been planning this for a long time, and yeah, it's very very you know exhilarating, really exciting. Um, I recall, I don't know how, how old are your children? 
14, 11, 9, and 4. Oh, nice. Yeah. The whole variety of ages. Yeah. And uh, included a teenager in there. I say so because there are people, excuse me, there are people listening right now wondering if they would go ahead and propose to their teenager that they move to Israel. Was it difficult for your 14-year-old to come along on this project? I think she had a couple things going for her. One is um, the apple didn't fall far from the tree, and she's very outgoing and, and doesn't mind putting herself out there. So as far as being in a, in a new country where, of course, culture and language are going to be new to her or newer to her, um, she doesn't mind, you know, Mm. Breaking her teeth on, on the language and other things like that. And the other thing is, she goes to a very Zioni, very Zionistic school in Muncie, New York, Ashar. Um, and because of that, she's been drinking the Kool Aid for about 10 plus years. So uh, she, she was probably of the four kids. I mean, she's the oldest too, but right. she was pushing this Aliyah thing harder than anybody. So she finished eighth grade. She finished eighth grade. This is a transition. She'll be going to ninth so grade. So she'll start ninth grade in Israel, and you'll be living in Ramapay Chemish. Correct. Four minute walk for, from, for her from school. How, do, how does one decide what neighborhood to go to? How, were there a lot of neighborhoods on the table at the beginning of this process? At the beginning of the process, Ramat Bichemish was on the bottom of our list. Um, we had we were thinking going up north, and I was I had to travel for work, and I decided I was going to go do a kind of a mini tour and kind of you know at least narrow it down. Um, and then Ramat Bichemish became the top of our list. Uh, we did have friends in Ramat Bichemish, so that made it, made it an easier decision. And, and also, we just found like you know a lot of people there, even if we weren't our friends, we could tell they would be our friends. Right. We just knew it was going to be the right community, the right you know. Environment for our family. Very nice. Um, does your job require you to be near an airport? Yes, it does. Do you know how many <laughs> minutes it is from Ape Chemish to Ben Gurion Airport? Uh, it's close enough. It's like, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Is it only a half hour? Maybe it's a little bit longer. Maybe I'm, you know. But that didn't force you to mow the inn. It didn't force no. you to. Uh, no, 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 no. It didn't force no. you to Kvar Chabad. Or <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I have to travel, but I don't have to travel. Like some folks who have to go right. literally every other week. I can go every three months or so. Right. So for me, that is not much of a deal breaker. I'm not, I'm not willing to move like super north or super south and make that a, into a full day ordeal just to get to the airport. Uh, but, you know, Ramat Chemish has great public transportation and easy enough trip within an hour to get there. What did, your, uh, what did the older generation of the Halpers say when you decided to do this? And how did they react today at the airport? Well, my dad's a convert, and he started out in Israel. He converted in Israel, and made, my, my father was in Asia Torah for men, and my mother was in women, and they were connected there. And they started their life there. Um, they left when I was one years old. So I'm a Katin Choser. I'm somebody who's returning as a, you know, Ola, although I'm, I was one years old when I was, I was born there in Eilat. Um, and when I, um, my, me coming, deciding to come back, put my parents over them, they were super happy. Who, who encouraged them to go to Aish? Do you know a name or a personality Ooh. that... Uh, I do not know. All I know is that my dad um, got an accounting job for the U.S. Army an hour north of a lot, and the person interviewing him was a religious guy, and that was it. He got hooked in and God's HHR. funny, huh? That was, yeah. The no, way he sets no, things no up no like joke. that. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'll tell you, the whole thing is just incredible. Well, a big mazal tov to you, Yoni Halper, Thank you. and his family's from Spring Valley. The only people from Spring Valley on this flight, or you don't know? I think there is other family. Old Muncie. You know, old people who are Old Muncie. There is another family I think we have identified on here that's Old Muncie. Unbelievable. Well, I'll yeah. tell you, every area, I think 30 states are represented today on this flight. Would not surprise me. Which is pretty remarkable. Beautiful. Mazel tov to you. Thanks for joining Thank me today. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. We continue here at JM in the AM as uh, we continue to meet some amazing people, real heroes of Israel who are going to be in Israel. That's right. They're going to be literally living in Israel from this point forward because they're on this flight with Nefesh Benefesh. How much time do we have left to our broadcast? We're at a quarter to nine? Okay. We'll go to this selection from Aryeh Kunstler 
and be back with plenty more. Am I right? Or? Oh, wait a second. Go right ahead. So we have one other excellent interview who is going to be just the perfect culmination to this unbelievably crazy. I mean, this is just I know. Unbelievable. They deliver, Nefesh. When they said they were giving us great content, they weren't kidding. Unbelievable. Yeah, so we're literally just waiting for this other guest, so I think we should go to a short song. All right, we can always interrupt it. We'll do yeah. this. Plenty more coming up. You are listening to JM in the AM. That's, of course, Aryeh Kunstler. We are on a plane, and I'm not kidding. We're on a Nefesh Benefesh flight to Israel. We've done it before. It is amazing. It's incredible. It's an exhilarating feeling meeting people who are making good on their commitment to get to Israel and get to Israel as soon as possible. Some people uh, made this decision just weeks ago or months ago and are now on this amazing flight. Hani Lowenstein is here. Hani Lowenstein is here with her family. At one time, known as uh, Hani Lieberman, correct? Correct. I saw your parents at the uh, at the airport. Um, I've had the privilege of interviewing both your parents, who both have incredible stories. Had the privilege of speaking with them on the air. I would have told your father years ago that politics is not the occupation for a nice Jewish boy, but I don't know if he would have listened. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Especially knowing where he ended up getting. But, uh, you know, sometimes I just think, and I'm not kidding when I say this to you, um, he, he is such a nice person. How he got involved in politics, I will never know. But boy, did he do well at it and represent our people in such an amazing way. So at, at least we got that out of it, huh? A hundred percent. And he really is such a nice person. It's not just uh, yeah, we out, you know, on the outside, also on the inside. We've spent time with them and they're amazing. All right, so here we are, Hani uh, Lowenstein, who until today lived where? In Baltimore, Maryland uh, for the past three years. Woodmere before that, Israel for one year before that, and the Gross Kolel, 
and then for two years in Washington Heights. So we've been on our journey. So should I ask if you're married to, uh, to, well, I'm trying to think. Are you married to a loan scene that has roots in Atlanta or not? No. No, okay. Rel- relatives or not? No. There you go. It's a, a common question. I'm, I'm over, yeah, well-known family. Over for 2. Sorry about that. Um, so until now, you've been in those places. At some point, I assume in the last few weeks or months, you decided with your family that this is the move you're going to make. Can you take us to the beginning of that process? Sure. So the beginning of that process actually happened probably even before my year in Israel, where I really um, decided that I wanted to live in Israel. Um, I was one of those who spent the year in Israel. I applied to Sheirut Lumi. I got in at Shaw. Where did you go to high school? I, just got I went to Hebrew Academy Greater Washington. Okay. That place called right? Hagwash. Oh, now Hogwash, it's called right. Berman. Right. Um, and then I spent a year learning in Israel, and I wanted to stay. It didn't work out at that point. And so I came back to America to Stern College. I was set up with my, uh, with my husband, whose family is actually a Lower East Side family originally. Um, and... Right when we started dating, we both knew we wanted to go to Israel, and so that was 10 years ago. And now, nine years after where we were married, it's actually our anniversary today. Ended wow, up. mazel tov! That's amazing! Um, so this whole time we've been planning to go to Israel, and it was just a matter of my husband finishing his medical school and his residency until we could get there. And we took a brief year in the gross school for him to finish up smicha also. So it's been it's been somewhat of a long road, but it's always been in our plans, and we're happy to actually, Bezos Hashem, actualize that dream that's been a dream for a long time. How old is your oldest? My oldest is seven, and my I have a seven, six, four, and two-year-old, all boys. So it's a fun flight. <laughs> <laughs> I can especially, imagine. especially with the two-year-old, um, and yeah, so it's it's a perfect time to come. Yeah, age-wise, you'd have to say. Perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Speaking of Hani Lowenstein, uh, she'll be living in Israel as of now, and Ola with her family, Ola Chadasha. By the way, you should know, and because you mentioned the age of the uh, of the children, and I'm I'm looking at Mary Wallach because she'll remember the story. Um, one time, we are off the plane from one of these for us fake Aliyah flights, and we're watching everybody descend, and there is a woman about your age, with one child in one arm, oh, no. one child and another arm, one child hanging onto her leg, another child, you know, that type of scene. And she looks at me as she, as she sees how terrible I feel for her as she's walking down the steps. And she looks at me and says, it's okay, there's no flight back. <laughs> and I thought that really sums it up. Exactly. You know, this is the last hard part for this journey. Exactly. And now we start our life in Israel. And it seems like you feel the same way. A hundred percent, yeah. I mean, they're doing very well thus far, but, you know, we'll see how it goes over the next next seven hours. And you know there's no flight back. Exactly. Did you convince everybody in the older generation to come visit once in a while? Will they be coming to Israel Oh, yeah, they're coming a lot. They already planned out their first trip, and they'll be planning out more trips. That must be a great feeling. It's amazing, right? It's it's always so important, as everyone who knows his family that lives in Israel, to have that next trip planned, that you know you're going to see your family then. Um... So, yeah, we're happy they're coming in just about two months, God willing. Incredible. The whole yeah. thing's amazing. And it sounds like from your voice that you can't wait to get home. And I mean literally yeah. for the plane to land and you to get to your new home. Yeah, I just wanted to add with my, you know, coming from my family, my mother is uh, my mother is the the daughter of Holocaust survivors. Which she has described me, to our audience. Exactly. Right? So, for me, this is like on, on both sides. My father... Um, my father and mother grew up in a, in a home with such strong uh, values. And my mother really, being the daughter of Holocaust survivors, bringing it to the next generation, 
of, um, of you know of building after all that was lost and bringing it to Eretz Israel is a tremendous success for us. Um, and it's really our dream to build our continue to build our family in Eretz Israel, where we feel that we can actualize upon our our potential the most. Because you know the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. Yes, we're uh, we're very excited to to be a part of of this time in Jewish history and and to take advantage of the opportunity um, to live in Israel. And you sound like you appreciate the short distance between the horrors of the Holocaust and this incredible miracle of your Aliyah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's just it's it's unbelievable, and I feel like it's such a zuchus to be able to come to come on this flight. I think of my cousins who came just a generation or two back. Um, they came and they got off. They came as orphans and they came and they got off the boat and with a gun in hand they fought for the state of Israel. And now we're coming in, in this way. Um, it's a tremendous zuchus to be part of the building up of, of the land of Israel. Chani, what a pleasure to meet you. Mazal tov to Thank the whole you. Lowenstein family and uh, enjoy life in Israel. Thank you. Thank you so much. An amazing moment to have you on and to speak about uh, the past, present, and future. JM and the AM, as we uh, start to wind down an incredible and amazing journey with Nefesh Benefesh. I hope you have enjoyed our Wednesday morning presentation direct from the plane. Really, absolutely incredible and amazing. Um, we have Or Ravid here, who is, um, who is with, remind me, Or, with Walla News. With Walla News. Want to say shalom to everybody? Bakasha. Shalom lekulam. Nice to see you. What are your impressions of this incredible flight? <coughs> a lot of motion, a lot of motion to feel the the, the Zionism here. It's the you know it, it it's kind of magical. It is a magic ride, mm -hmm. that's for sure. Tadaraba, you're one of the members of the media that's here, flown from Israel to the United States to come and be part of this. And it is so important that this word get around, that people realize that North American Jews are making an impact in Israel. To see it in the eyes, uh, you know, all the feeling, all the, all the ceremony at the JFK and uh, what's going to be here in, uh, in Ben-Gurion, Ben it's going to be a very big celebration and I hope that all the Olim will find their new home in Israel. And you know to stay, to, and they want to stay in Israel. They will enjoy it, that's mm. for sure. Yeah. One of the members of the media who's been uh, key in getting this message out, Miriam Wallach, you're a member of the media who's key in getting this message out as well. Last couple of minutes here. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, this, this completely, <laughs> we, started, we started with Shachar. Yep. <laughs> we started with Shachar and Rabbi Brander. Uh, the daughter of Senator and Hadassah Lieberman, uh, a member of the Mennonite community who 18 months ago became a Jew and is now making Aliyah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so many others that joined us, Rabbi Fass and Tony Gelbart, who are always a big hit. My God, what was with them today? Just amazing. Yes. I didn't even get to tell them my Addis Ababa story. I guess it wasn't necessary. Which I'm going to remember for the next time Rabbi Fass is on my phone line. Or you can just tell him before we get off the plane. I could do that, yes. but it may ruin the spontaneity eventually of telling him on the air. Mm. Just remarkable, the entire thing. And I thank all of you, everybody out there who enjoys these broadcasts and encourages us to do them over and over. Okay, um, you know the schedule. Thursday morning tomorrow, Yom NCSY. Friday morning, the NCSY summer programs from Beit Meir. Sunday, 
We are live from Camp Hask during the Hask Experience Day. It's a very important Sunday and Monday for Camp Hask because they've raised a lot of money to keep going. And I'll explain all of that. If you have a shout-out for Hask, put the word shout-out at Hask in the subject line. Send it to NachumNachumSegal.com. If you have a shout-out for... Um, if you have a shout-out for... Hand this to Roy Hask, please. If you have a shout-out for... Um, if oh, you no, you're a, coming back if on. You, if, if you have a <laughs> shout-out for NCSY, same thing, uh, NCSY in the subject line, NachumNachumSiegel.com. I just mentioned a moment ago that I so desperately wanted to tell you a quick story and get your reaction. You may, you may say to me you have no reaction, but I want a reaction if you can do it for me. Two, two Shabbos afternoons ago, at my Shabbat table, was a young man, 23 years old, from the University of Addis Ababa, whose family, 20 years ago, moved from the villages to the main city because they thought it would help their chances of making Aliyah. That is why they're there in the main city. He's here on a Drisha mission to be part of the Drisha Institute for a period of a number of weeks and to enhance his Jewish education. I asked him the following question at the table. As everyone was curious, what am I going to ask a 23-year-old from Ethiopia? I said, is there anything you've heard in your shiurim that has been interesting to you, different, fascinating, questionable, something you heard from one of the shiurim? He goes, yes, one thing. I said, what? He said, in one of our shiurim, there was a discussion about the mitzvah of living in Eretz Yisrael. And I turned to everybody in the room and thought to myself, Every single person here can live in Eretz Yisrael and they're not doing it. And we are so desperately trying to get permission and entry permission to make Aliyah from Addis Ababa. And it's our dream. We've given everything of our lives to try to get to Israel. Your reaction, Rabbi Fass, as we literally are closing out this show. Didn't you want to end on a happy note? Right, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think we get numb from, uh, from the context of history, and we don't appreciate sometimes the gifts that are given to us. And it's these episodes. It could be a kid from Addis Ababa, or talking to a Nathan Sharansky, or talking to a family that... Uh, that in the last 50 years sacrificed everything um, to make it to Israel. And then it's, it's a wake-up call. It's a recalibration of what we take for granted. And you see this when you live in Israel and you talk to individuals who've given so much and sacrificed so much, you feel so little, you feel tiny in comparison of their heroism and their sacrifice. And you and I have moved to Israel and I still feel like nothing compared to them. And I think people who have the ability and the availability and the options of living what our destiny is all about, and we're not pained by that, that pull or that tension, I think it's, uh, it's time to calibrate our compass a bit. No question about it. And in, in honor of the fact that Jews in Addis Ababa are almost literally giving their right hand in order to try to make it to Israel, go to the website, nbn.org.il. Let's together start an Aliyah process. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, 
We are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web, and AlchemSegal.com, on the AlchemSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Miriam Wallach, I thank you. It's been an amazing adventure. Really incredible. Really incredible. An honor. I can't get over the list of people that we met today in this unique forum. From the plane with Nefesh Benefesh. My thanks to both of my fast, Tony Gelbart. Tani gets a big, big, big shout-out. And Yael Katzman. Yael Katzman gets a big shout-out. And, of course, the entire staff for making us so welcome and comfortable. Tomorrow morning, we're back. Our Thursday broadcast from Yom and CSY. Till then, Alchem Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.